Oh my gosh. World's group draw has occurred. I need to keep my voice down because Kobe's sleeping in the other room in the same way he had to keep his voice down because I was sleeping in the other room when he did the dive earlier. We've got new sub alerts right now, which are going a little bonkers. We're having some issues with that. We're going to fix that, hopefully. Uh, those are courtesy of Nerd or Die, who hooked us up. Shout out to them. But we have, because because it's the world's episode, we're going international with this episode. And we've got not just one, but two guests joining us this time, this week. Uh, first off, my, before we get to them, my constant co-host, Mark Zimmerman, is here. How's it going, Mark? It's great. I uh, had the dive post uh, group draw breakdown show at like six o'clock in the morning um so i slept from about 11 to 3 and then you yeah, had to go in for call time because i was in the studio because obviously i'm not going to do the show where we're at ashley's in this apartment so i go into the studio and it's like a big quarantine thing you know uh do that came home slept another four hours so i got eight hours about just broken up a bunch so mark i just want to two things here one um, I'm pretty sure Zale did it and Joanne is in his apartment and Kobe did it and I'm in Kobe's apartment. So I just, I'm just pointing out that like other people were doing it in the apartment with sleeping people. Uh, I don't know what Zale's apartment setup is. So I think it's a little weird to assume one apartment size fits all. And uh, second, Kobe hates you, which is why he's not going into the office and he's trying to make your existence more annoying because you will not get him a cat. Anyway, our guest this week, uh, first off, we have the uh, the spiciest commodity in the offseason coming up, and that's free agent Kelsey Moser. Not a free agent yet. Nobody message her uh, because that would be poaching. But Kelsey Moser, how's it going, Kelsey? Um, not bad. I definitely want to reiterate that I'm still under contract, just in a way that Mark Zimmerman also protected himself from his bosses, you know? Uh, <laughs> Travis <laughs> likes to say shit and put words in our mouths and we're like, whoa, no, no, no. <laughs> I definitely am not saying that just because I retweeted but, uh, it. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a fun time. I think everyone here is adjusting to sleep schedule, except for, of course, Hysterics, who I believe is actually in China. So whatever happens. Yeah. Uh, 10 a.m. in Shanghai, right? Uh, hey, happy to hey, be sharing the Hotline Lee episode. I always figure, you know, my personality is way too bubbly. So it's good to have some kind of balance. Well, here's here's actually here's what actually happened is as we explain <laughs> hysterics here. For those that don't know, Kelsey runs uh, the academy program, and you do you officially run Hundred T next, Kelsey? Um, I am the head of our development program, basically. Okay. So, so yeah. academy and Hundred T next are under both, right? Yeah. So, but okay. I'm not the head coach of that team. It's uh, neither is Max Waldo. Just to clarify. It is indeed Fallen Bandit. Yes. Okay. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> uh, by the way, sorry if anybody's hearing a, an alert on the podcast. Um, we I haven't figured out how to disable sounds for my new resub. I thought I figured it out before the start of the show. But then, of course, as soon as we start the show, some issues occur. So uh, hopefully people don't sub. Uh, but Hysterics is here. How's it going, Hysterics? Okay. I'm all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm lucky that I'm on, you know, World's Time. I don't have to reset schedule or anything i don't have to you know prepare i just get to sit back and like 5 p.m every day just yes. watch it like normal lpl time and just chill out yes you are um somebody who is in the correct time zone 
would not have to struggle to adjust uh and will also not be casting worlds uh as as <laughs> as i right. woke up to a a reddit thread about today uh what what sort of i mean i don't want to put you on the spot because i know you're trying to that's be, all he likes to do here we be go. cool with papa riot who has decided not to uh, employ you for an lpl worlds but What's sort of been the experience as you've seen, you know, that red thread I think was, was, must've been kind of validating, oh, right? Dude, it was surprising. Validating is a good word. I think it was just surprising because we knew that LPL support was growing this year. And the surprising fact was that we didn't know how, how, how much it grew and that Reddit thread. Yeah. And validated how many new fans there are. And even people saying like, oh, you know, we don't like the car. We're not the biggest fan of the casters, but it's, you know, it's weird not seeing them at Worlds was also just a nice little touch. But yeah, I guess because of, of COVID and everything and, you know, we kind of understand and like it is what it is. There's no, you know, anger or anything. It's just like, well, you know, next year, next time. But yes, uh, yeah, it would, it would be. Di yes. At Worlds, I can understand why there are a lot of complications around COVID. And yet somehow they got all the teams from all over the world, except for Vietnam, into the country created a bubble system are orchestrating a big multi-region situation where they have casters in North America going nocturnal and yet somehow the casters that are in Shanghai where everything's working that is too much of a challenge I don't I don't know anyway I will put you at the spot oh, thank you. I, I, I would guess that Riot just didn't for some reason like didn't expect people to actually care about the Chinese ca the OPL casters. Like as sad yep. as that is to say, but that would be my guess is that they just didn't expect anyone would care. I mean, uh, we're the least, least watch broadcast, right? Like LPL casters in the past as well. There's only been like one or two that have gone like Frost or Raz as representation. Yeah, I, mean, I actually, so this is going to be a weird thing to say because like most of us, except for Travis, will all work for Riot in some capacity or some like kind of way. But I do think that, uh, Riot production probably doesn't pay that much attention to the LPL broadcast because I just feel like a lot of the casters. Mark, Mark sorry, is your camera falling? <laughs> I, I was just getting ready. I didn't know what she was about to I say. I do think like a lot of the casters go un, go underappreciated, and it's almost like you have to make an argument for people to even watch them or pay attention to them. So I think that that's probably more it. Not that the LPL English casters aren't good, just that they're not even noticed, which is kind of sad to say. But well, I've been watching. I think you guys have been leveling up all year, so you, you guys sound fantastic at two x speed. Let me tell you, it's <laughs> unbelievable. I, I probably watched. I, I watched your entire playoffs in the last day and a half, two x speed jamming through. I mean, you guys, the enunciation to hear clearly at two x speed it was incredible. That's what we've been aiming for, man. Two x speed. We said like, when Mark watches this through, is he going to understand what we're saying? And I'm glad. I'm glad we could deliver. Yeah, I'm not very smart, so you know that's a it's a high bar to pass. Well, I think what is um, what is is very interesting to me is it does feel like Riot this year has tried to create like so. I agree with Kelsey. I think that there's a very good chance that like the the broadcast crew who handles the world stuff they just are not aware of of all the other regions as much, right? And and maybe they're working full times. So it's difficult or whatever. But but what is weird to me is that it definitely feels like the global esports brand of lol esports this year has been making a lot of very visible efforts to be i don't know to, to elevate like to make it not feel like 
and this is when the LCS and LEC teams decided to cover international stuff, right? Like they've come out with multiple programs that are on the LOL Esports website that are around this. They rebranded. There's this like sort of umbrella brand now um, that is LOL Esports. And so you would hope that with those initiatives would come a better job of like looping in all these different regions, especially because like LPL in China is becoming more and more a like a like they're winning and they are massive and they are leading the charge on all this. Somebody did a great documentary last summer on his YouTube channel that everybody can go see from when he and Broden went to Shanghai and like dived in on all this stuff. And so it's, it's just, it feels strange. It feels like this would be a great opportunity. Right. So I think, I think, you know, we don't need to keep talking about it too much, but I just, um, I'll, uh, I'll just say like I think this is a missed opportunity and it, it feels odd given the direction that they've been trying to go lately. I'll put my my riot shill hat on and play devil's advocate a little bit. Um, what a surprise! For, <laughs> I hope you guys are watching, producers. Here we go. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I, they I just think, clip uh, out my part and then they they send that around on Slack. Your 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 defense won't be there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's not much of a defense. It's more about like the logistics of it like already when you condense four major regions that do full-time broadcasts into a single tournament um there's always been like goddamn there's so many people who deserve a shot and like every new person you add just waters down how much the other person gets to do like it is a like competitive in that sense where like um you know people get bumped at play in some people get put in groups like everyone's like they're they're constantly trying to balance trying to get the, the people that fans want to see um as well like i i remember this was a bit of a controversy i think it was last year like deficio casted some worlds i think or maybe he did just analyst desk i forget but i remember that was a bit of a controversy that to some people that like he came back even though he didn't cast all year and because he's a, a popular face and he's he's good you know i don't want to i don't want to make it seem like it's a talent issue but like you know this idea of deserving a shot in and like i think that's one of the the issues that you run into is there are so many people who are deserving um and then that's an issue that they face every year about like this guy got snubbed this guy got snubbed every year there's a reddit thread about who got snubbed um and then that combo that with the covid situation this year about stuff like you know i'm not going to pretend that i'm happy that na analyst me will never appear between games or in pre-show unless I can like get a, a pre-made piece of content out there. Like that's obviously not like, Oh sick. I was saving up all year for that. <laughs> you know, like I don't think, and I understand this is complaining from a bit of a, a still a position of privilege compared to what the LPL guys have to deal with. Of course. So like, I understand that. I just mean like, it's, it's a shitty year for, for pretty much everyone. That said, I personally would love to have the LPL cast, um, a part of this, uh, because they obviously one LPL regions huge, two they're really good, three these these logistical issues that you guys are talking about about how in theory you would think being the closest to where this is all going down would make it work. So it is disappointing for sure. No, I, I like that because there's so, there's so much talent across the world. Like especially someone's always going to miss out. And further to your point, like whether it's us, whether it's LCK casters, whether it's like some casters from EU or NA, there's always going to be talent that deserves to go. That's always going to miss out. So you can never win, but. I mean, the fact is, like, LOL Esports casters, the, the talent is stacked, like, from other regions. It's just yeah. amazing what we have in comparison to other other esports. I also yeah. think the LPL cast is really interesting because it's almost like a gained a reputation as the, the caster training ground because I think with the departure of Raz, um, no one initially came 
no one on the broadcast team who is a caster right yep. now came because they were super passionate about El Pilial, right? Like most of you go because it's like a really cool cast. That's what it was designed for. When when and Raz then, and all those people left, we designed it. It was designed as yeah. a training ground to build up casters. So it's like because it, it feels so it feels like kind of interesting that way because I think most other regions have someone who is uh, like really established as like the EU guy or the the na guy or someone who's like always been immersed in that region and really kind of passionate about it and obviously lcak has like ls and wadid who have been like wadid actually competed there uh, yeah. ls has always been the kind of korea's awesome guy so um <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's just interesting that that's like the lpl identity now so i can kind of get why it it's overlooked well uh I just, I'll, we'll put a cap in this by just saying, I hope that there's something that they can do to throw a bone to you guys, even if it's like featuring you guys on some post broadcast thing or something like that. Hopefully, hopefully if, if I was running Riot Games, I would, I would march into the esports team room and I would say, Hey, let's, I saw this Reddit thread. Let's do something so that it feels like we noticed. Can we get like a segment with the rock quotes thrown in? Because that would be sweet. Yeah. Anyone doesn't know, man. We had two we had two Skana players versus each other. What was it? Was it Peanut and SOFM? We mm. ran a segment about the rock and we had a lower third that we didn't end up running. That was like a full rock quote, you know, like when the yeah. rock punches you, you know, he'll kill you. And even if he misses, the wind from the punch will cause you to get pneumonia and die anyway. So then, yeah, we like couldn't the run third, that. The third place match obviously was basically just all the rock quotes because that was like yeah. a, the match went nothing. Yeah, that was like the the Oscar night of the LPL this year. So everyone was really trolling those games. It was a good time. Uh, anyway, <laughs> it's by the way, just as a heads up, we are recording this on Tuesday, um, because group stage happened this morning while I was sleeping at five a.m. and or sorry, group stage draw, groups draw, whatever it's called, the the draw show. All right. As you can tell, I lost some sleep. Anyway, um, so that's why we're moving it to Tuesday. And what is going to happen is probably over the next month or so, the schedule for Hotline League will get kind of wonky. So just keep your eyes on my Twitter because sometimes, you know, we're not going to, like, one, Mark and I will switch to Nocturnal. I think eight is still going to be fine for us because I don't think games will be going at this time. But we can we can double check um, if anything ever runs into it. But we might move around to, like, Instead of doing a show where we have one more day of group stage in the first part, it's like, okay, we're going to do it on Tuesday or Wednesday so that we're fine. Yeah. I, we need to look at the schedule, but with all the times and stuff, it's going to get a little wonky. So please bear with us as we go through um, sort of a different schedule. Yeah, and we'll always try and make sure it's at a time where there's the most interesting stuff to talk about so it's good for viewers too. Yeah. So it's not like... like yeah, because it's weird whenever it's like, oh, yes, two days of group stage have been played or something. You know, it's like... <laughs> We want to we want to find it. We I think there's a chance. Mark, in the past, you and I we've done like a bonus episode. I think during groups, even that maybe we could try to fit in. I don't know. We'll figure. Yeah, out. we'll figure it out. Um, I assume for this episode, we mostly just want to talk about the uh, the group draw stuff. Yes. Um, do you want to do? Uh, I mean, because we have two guests, I think I'd love to pick their brains a little bit before hopping. Well, into... first, uh, Freak prepared a format video that I oh, think is God. really instructive um, dude you're like two days late on this already come on <laughs> well so i didn't see it when it first came out because i understand the format but then i tuned in to watch the dive today and they aired it on the dive 
And I was just like, what is this? I feel like you just spend all episode trying to get me in trouble. And, like, and, all you fucking do is try and get people at Riot to and, hate me. And honestly, when I reached out to Mark about it, all he could say is, this was something that Dave Stewart decided that had to happen. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> now you're specifically name dropping my bosses. <laughs> <laughs> and we all tried to push back against it. And he nope. insisted on it. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> it's just a very funny thing. I actually... I'm going to start talking shit about Alienware during this show <laughs> and just see how you like it. Like, oh, God. Marcy and David. <laughs> God, they're just so fucking... Azale's in the chat. He's just rip mark fired. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I'm just kidding on that. But yes, uh, group stage and plans and... All that stuff. Uh, we'll have some calls. I think that's... Oh, and then Reaper, I think, is the other thing. At some point in time, I know that's more of a, like an LCS thing, but that's the only other big news I feel like that really happened in the past week. So I'm sure we'll get some calls about that if we've done that or whatever. Um, we'll see how it goes. But, um, Mark, do you want to explain how the show goes? for people? Wait, so you didn't answer the question I asked. You just ignored me and said what you wanted to say. Yeah. I said, do you want to pick their brains for a little bit first about... Or because we have two two guests, usually we only have one. I didn't know if we wanted to talk with them about like, hey, no, you what were your reaction? This is your show, so just you know what, we'll just do whatever you want. I asked you a question. <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't twisting an arm or anything. Uh, I think no, 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 it's a good point. It's a good point. Um, so first off, let's start with Kelsey. What are your impressions of the groups? Is there a group of death this year, et cetera, et cetera? I need to find a graphic if anybody has has graphics on hand for this. Um. That would have been the thing to have prepared for this, but uh, yeah. I guess it depends on what you would refer to as a group of death. I think if you're just referring to the group of death as oh, okay, they they're like really strong teams in this group that are definitely getting out, so good luck everyone else. But uh or if it's everyone seems like they're gonna be really competitive and most of the team it'll be an interesting group to watch hard to say who's going to get out the group is going to be hard because people are going to be taking wins off of each other left and right i think that that kind of thing has been considered like the group of life but i don't think there's a group of death where it's like oh my god impossible to get out uh i don't know it's it's very strange i like the i like the draw in general i think there's interesting stuff everywhere um for sure i yeah i mean that that's that's basically it I think the most interesting group that I would want to see is actually going to be the group with. Uh, I see, I see, okay. It's actually going to be the group with uh, TSM, Fnatic, and Gen G, just because I think Gen G is yeah. a super interesting team to me. I think that DRX is not great <laughs> compared to the other two LCK teams, actually. Like, I think Gen G is better. So I would like to see like how competitive that group is, especially if LGD slots in. So yeah. yeah, it's worth noting with this graphic that Travis has up is that if things go to chalk, which for for planes, which has happened every single time except once, um, then it's actually already predecided. Team Liquid would go in Group A. Um, I always say PSG, but it's the other uh, much. No, it is PSG. PSG would yeah, go in Group B. Yeah, LGD would grow in Group C, and then uh, Mad Lions would go into Group D. Um, so if things get upset, then there might be some flexibility, but that's that's the expected thing right now. So Group C becomes even more interesting once you throw an LGD in there too, I think. Yeah. I um, I guess I, I just want to jump in. Like, you're talking about Group of Death before. I actually think I, I would actually give a hard name to Group of Death being B. 
Um, a, a lot, I know a lot of the audience agree with this. Even though D has top esports DRX, uh, the fact is like DRX with inconsistencies and that being where MAD would go would be like, well, what's their performance through the playing stage? But top esports should easily like top group D. Group B is down one and JDG. And remember, JDG from LPL are the second best team. They, mm-hmm. Another best of five like they hard fought in spring. They won in spring, lost in summer, but they're still like a very close second. They feel like a first seed. So for a team like Rogue and for a team like, I'm saying Unicorns are love, by the way. It's not, uh, look, it's not PSG talent. Unicorns are love. So let's yeah, say, yeah. yeah, Unicorns are love. Let's say they go in there. It's like, how do you how do you escape that group? How do Rogue survive? How does anyone beat down one of JDG? It just feels like B is a nightmare situation for any team that's not DWG and JDG. I, I hope Unicorns of Love don't make it only because then Team Liquid oh. get thrown into Group B. Uh, that oh, would be the true. one bit of flexibility that comes in. <laughs> uh, North America needs all the help it can get, and that is probably not it. Because uh, mm. I totally agree with you about Group B probably being the hardest group to like have an upset happen in, I guess. Mm. It, it's weird because a group of death, like Kelsey was saying, has two definitions about, like, is there three teams that should get out? And only two spots, because that's that's how often it goes. Or it's you know just the hardest with the top two teams. I, I'm curious what you guys' thoughts are on Rogue, because I I personally would say that they might be able to get out of some other groups. I don't think there's much of a chance for this one, but I'm not sure if that still would make it a group of death because they're not, at least to me, not really. And then maybe I'm starting the EU hate hate train on me already. This oh, no. is before Worlds even starts, but they don't feel like you know real threats in in the tournament. Um, uh, I think they're good. I, I think they're, you know, I'm not saying they're worse than North American teams or anything, but I don't I'll, think that they are expected to get out of a, too many groups, and I don't think that they would be expected to win a best of five, which makes it a little weird to call it a, a group of death uh, if the expectations aren't high. LCS fans, if you are watching on the YouTube right now, please click the like button because the EU fans are about to just bash the dislike button, which is going to fuck my algorithm. The interesting thing about Rogue is that I would say that Demon and JDG don't really play to like hard win lane bot. Like that's just not the focus of their teams. So I actually think that there's an advantage that they can have like via Han Sama and Vander. Um I I think that the supports in this, this group are pretty lit. Like I know yeah. on the dive you guys talked about a Barrel and Luma, but I actually think Vander is pretty fucking good too, man. So uh, like, I think that's a, an interesting group. Yeah, I tried to give him a shout out in the dive too about Vander and Hansama mm-hmm. playing really well, but then it's just so scary when you're like, and then on the other side of the map. Uh... Yeah, I, mean, I think the thing will be is that like Barrel and uh, Luma basically will play to leave the lane. So uh, if they can find a way to punish that, maybe like set up four men dives because Larson isn't bad either. Mm-hmm. And the thing with JD Gaming is everyone always picks on Yagao, right? Yeah. One of the weakest, one of the weaker mids, I guess. That coming would be to their, their way to do something to make something happen would be to just like hard play through bot, I think. But it's it's difficult for them, I think, overall. I think if Rogue were in another group, I, I I mean, like just coming back, I think if Rogue were maybe like in the group of you know life, like Group C, instead of Fnatic, then there could have been maybe a bit more chances. But yeah, I I, I think like just coming back to lanes, like pound for pound. Rogue feel like they get outweighed quite a bit. Um, and playing through bots interesting, especially when, like, against teams like JDG and even, like, Damwon, because, um, you know, Damwon in the past, the weakness has always been through bottom lane, which is which is actually quite a lot of fun. But JDG, 
this whole season was about strengthening bot. So uh, Loken and Lumal are some of the best bottom laners in the LPL right now, especially Loken through 80 carries. So I think it'll be a fun matchup, but like still heavily outweighed. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the thing about the LPL teams is they're the region with a reputation for bot lane, but I feel like coming mm. to Worlds, the only like really good AD that we're bringing is Jackie Love. So uh, oh. I'm not really high on Loken or anyone else. Like, oh, but he's he's been so good recently. I agree with Top Esports 2019 Loken. He was just so nothing. I mean, but... he, the, the objective... When I watch him play, like a lot of his laning gets supplemented just by the, the nature of the champs he's playing. Right, like yeah. Ash, it's easy to clear lane bots and then have Luma roam. Like it though, I don't think he plays team fights like insanely well or anything. Um, like he he he's a very very good role playing AD carry, and I hate the word role player. Like I really hate it, but mm. that's basically what he is. So I mean, I think a lot of people say the same thing about Ghost in a lot of ways too, yeah. where like. He's he's good. There's no flame, but it's like obviously not the focal point of the team, and so I think that's actually why it's a super cool matchup. And I do think Rogue in Group A and Group C would actually have a decent chance to get out of both those as well, because um, I think Group A is also probably going to be a group of life. Uh, I have. If, if you guys have other analysis of the groups, that's fine. But before we get into calls, I have uh, two questions for for you guys. One one for Hysterics, but Mark, I don't know if you have any other thoughts on the or questions for them on the the group stuff. Um, no, I think that, that was a lot of it. Hysteric, so a lot of the, like, I, I'm just going to be candid here, a lot of the people that watch the show, because they are LCS fans, they probably are not watching LPL. And we have a lot of new to LCS fans names, right? It's not like we have, like, RN, uh, you know, RNG or whatever. It's like, what? so I'm kind of curious if you want to give, like, a brief rundown or synopsis on some of the storylines that are going in with the LPL. And, and also I talked to Wendy a little bit about this for those that mm, all, touched yeah. on my YouTube channel. I did an interview with Wendy who is, uh, helps both. How, how would you describe Wendy's role hysterics? Uh, Wendy came on as a translator for post game interviews, something that we haven't had for many a broadcast. Uh, so obviously just talking to the players after our best of threes and especially during playoffs coming in and talking through the players. Um, so providing more translated content to the broadcast, which is, been amazing and she's uh kind of just started out and the fact like her like her improvement her growth and how hard i'm sure a lot of people out there know how hard it is doing live translation um it's it's just incredible so yeah shout out to wendy if people haven't already followed her and that video is over on my my youtube channel if you guys mm -hmm. want to go check it out but we talked a little bit about it too but hysterics if you want to give sort of a brief rundown for people who don't know what the who the lpr teams are and what their stories are yeah, I mean, the the main storyline we were shoving this year, or at least towards the end of summer, was, you know, out with the old and with the new, especially like the, you know, the reign of the new kings. Uh, JDG and Top Esports have been in a head-to-head -head battle for quite a while. Uh, spring, JDG 3-2, uh, summer, Top Esports 3-2, both grand finals are something to go back and watch. Uh, just kind of showing the development of the region and how these new players have, are rising to form. Like, for example, JDG, uh, four out of five of these players never been to Worlds, uh, if I'm not if I'm not uh, mistaken. Uh, and then for top esports, like, we've got Jackie Love, we have Kasa returning back, Knight, who's the best player never to go to Worlds, which was another a fun storyline. Uh, anyone doesn't know, Knight was up there with Rookie. Like, he was one of the best 
best mid laners in the LPL for a while, but um, only got his starting position in top esports in 2019. Uh, and a top laner, 369, is kind of in the same boat. A rookie top laner in 2019, whose second year in is looking even better, looks better than the shy and the best top laner in individual lane mechanics. Um, top esports is, you know, like an experienced roster who's been to Worlds, bar Yu Yanjia, who had his debut year this year and sucked at the start. And uh, top esports are like great through lanes, ability to group and power through their solo lanes. JDG is fantastic at skirmishes and fighting around um, objectives and letting Kanavi lead charge while the lanes kind of follow suit. Like he's a carry style jungler. Um, our top two seeds are closely matched. And then Sooning and LGD are weirdly enough about like SOFM takes individual jungle advantages while uh, Bin's solo lane is insane. Like one of the greatest rising top laners. And Juan Fong, 80 carry from IGLDL. Sorry, I'm ranting here. Obviously, I like keep going, fine. dude. Yeah, and this is good. Juan Fong, like IG Young's 80, uh, so LDL team challenger series of Invictus Gaming, kind of rising after Jackie Love. Feels like a Jackie Love 2.0. It's great to have two of them at the tournament, actually. Uh, and his support sword art, who people remember from Flash Wolf's Day, is actually quite a fierce bottom lane. Uh, Suiting's really good at punishing mistakes. And as a third seed, I think they're kind of like under, they're, they're under the, swept under the rug a little bit just because of Sooning's regular season, which was a bit inconsistent. But towards playoffs, they started concreting their grounds and kind of getting to the point of their, their highest point. And SOFM starts having more interactions with mid, although he never really touches mid. There is no mid 2v2 in that team. Um, and then finally, take my last breath, LGD, who I think are going to win Worlds um, as a fourth seed. I'm sorry, but. Peanut crazy. and Shie. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, it's been said. Peanut and Shie are the best mid-2v2, or one of the best mid-2v2 in the LPL. Uh, not that there's direct interaction through lane, but it's how they skirmish. It's how they build up through the early game. And LGD is like another great team fighting team. If you're a fan of old RNG, you're not going to get the same feelings from LGD, but you're going to get that slimmer of like how Lung Xing, who funnily enough, previously on RNG, tank top later, right? Set, you know, set packing. Or he's like Camille. And they'll first pick Twisted Fate, and they'll they'll approach top lane or they'll free up bot, and then we'll get into team fights with Kramer and Mark. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of different dynamics, and I think uh, sorry I've kind of gone through playstyle, but we have new guards coming up in older organizations like LGD, but also fresh faces onto the rift like JDG and, and Sooning for the first time. So there's a, there's a lot to be excited for, and I could talk for many. Well, Raz many more seems hours, to dispute yeah. your LGD hype, but as soon as you said that in Twitch chat, he said, "What oh, the fuck?" So, um, <laughs> okay, so so okay, that's very helpful, I think, for a lot of fans who haven't followed uh, LPL. The, the final question I'll pose to the three of you is the 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 only question most LCS fans are going to actually care about with today's group draw. I don't know how much it was talked about, but are any of our teams going to get out of groups? Oi, oi. Um, so I'll say I wasn't super optimistic going in, and I don't think NA got screwed, and I don't think they got helped, okay, uh, which so means it's still pretty difficult. Yeah. I think this is the least hype NA has ever had going into Worlds. And uh, yeah, that's fair. Okay. <laughs> really was hoping you were going to say, I'm like, that's to their benefit because people are going to. Yikes. Okay. Um, so, okay. If, 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 bring it home, hysterics. Here we go. I think, 
I think you, you know, I, I think like realistically, TSM have a chance because that group is a group of life and mess. Is Hysterics doesn't want to lose the hype he's got going for him on Reddit right now, so he's yeah, I got to figure it out. It's I've like never supported NA. Game, you know? Just right, like cater, cater to TSM fans, man. Yeah. <laughs> if you do that, that's about half the league, so you're good there. And, and TL might make it out. I don't know. Look, there will be one NA team, I think, in quarters. I think one. Okay. Right. I think at one point or another, every content creator has stooped one. to that level, you know? Oh. Just cater to the TSM fans. I bash on, on NA during LPL broadcast, you know? Like, I say some, you know... Thank, thank God, because we don't have other analysts doing that internationally. So I'm glad that you're there <laughs> no. to really take the brave stance of, yeah. hey, let me make fun of North American teams on a, on a broadcast completely here, unrelated but... to them. Um, yeah. okay. As someone who works in North America, there are a lot of problems. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, there you go. Listen, here's the thing. Everyone's playing these messy fucking games. All, all really, they're they're just fighting and trying to finish the game as soon as possible. We're gonna send in like the R three teams, you know, TL, great example. They're just gonna get a death grip. All right, they won't even know what to do. They're, it's just like we are the immovable objects. We're gonna force the average game times up in any group that we're in by quite some time, and we're gonna lower those kill counts and still lose. But it's gonna be really great because we're just gonna grief the shit just, out of the, we're the world's record. We're just gonna record. screw up our waves and mess up the crash, and then enemy jungle will be there and we'll die bottom. And it's like, well, thanks for playing, guys. It was great. What's Have gonna fun. happen? Someone's gonna counterpick our blind tanks top, and we're gonna be like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> it's not gonna be an EU team. I will tell you that at least. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so okay, really quickly. So. So, Shogath and Desion? Nice. So, Let's go. I like that. So we think FlyQuest is boomed, right? Like, they're just... Uh, they're screwed. Um, I think... In group so, so, the thing about Grid D that's interesting to me is because I think TES is going to go 6-0 in that yep. group. And yep. that's where it's like, because it's best of one, there's a chance that, like, something whack can happen to DRX, right? So that's, for me, is like... Yeah, the, the most likely chance where there's something weird happens and a team gets out in seed two, right? And that's I don't know. That, you got that's mad where, in that group. That's that's, that's what's like, scary. The upset happening, right? Yeah. Also because like Mad is probably going to be the fourth team in there, and they're going to be probably kind of inconsistent based on what we've seen from them. Um. Yeah, I think and the uh, way they sort of responded to like pressure ramping up and their quote unquote team comps that they were comfortable with not working and playoffs not functioning. Uh like there's a chance maybe, but that's it it, it would require a lot of things to go well for FlyQuest, right? Yeah, I think overall, um we always talk about how certain things are, but I feel like there's always one or two things where you're like, what the fuck just happened I mean, wasn't there? Cloud9 in the group of death? At, uh, was it the, uh, 2018? Or at yeah, some point in time, was... they like just went out like crazy. It was cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, so upsets happened. Genji ended up being a total turd that year, and RNG had more problems, and Vitality was sick, uh, and Cloud9 was better than people thought. And, like, that can always happen. Um, but you're still, like, that's still the unlikely scenario. And so, like, yeah, you know, LCK teams, sometimes they choke and, like, a team that you think is going to be really good suddenly booms. Like, that has happened 
at different points in history. But like that's what you're hoping for. Because if things go according to how we think it is, it it looks pretty doomed. I mean, maybe something happens with Sooning as well. Uh, would be like Team Liquid's hope, I guess. And that's uh, in Group A you're talking about. Right, you, like in Group A. Your assumption is G2 and Sooning will get out. Yeah, I think G2 is probably the favorite, though Hysterics might might disagree with me. I don't know how, how LPL... Oh. His goggles are the team I've been like so you know side to side on this whole year. Yeah. I really don't know about suiting. I, I actually have more confidence in LGD, funnily enough. I think stylistically, suiting is the best matchup for G2 of any of the four LPL teams. Uh, it's like the if there's an LPL team in my group, which there probably will be because there are four of them, that's the one I want if I'm G2. Okay, so, so then, then finally, Tia, so what let's give everybody odds. So, what 10% for FlyQuest? Five percent. Two. Two percent. Two percent. Two percent. Is FlyQuest the least likely, or is TSM the least? I actually think I feel pretty sad about Group C for TSM. I feel like TSM is the least likely. Again, okay. yeah. yeah. So That's TSM, like the C, they're the least likely to get out. I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, Gen so, fault for being dope. So, what is TSM's chance, percentage wise? One. This is like the, the okay yeah, one one percent for TSM thirty percent thirty percent dude we don't know but look at Fnatic through finals honestly I thought LGD like, were gonna win Worlds hysterics like where is it with LGDR and you know sometimes I, I'm not backing down I don't I think like LGD are gonna win Worlds dude oh, they're well. just not okay going we're talking to. about NA all right stop <laughs> talking about LPL <laughs> so, I mean but even if LGD is a world caliber team. Gen G's also dope in Group C. Like I'm scared yeah. for Fnatic. Okay, fuck too. the percentages. Just give me a stack rank. <laughs> what are the teams that are? What are? Who's most likely to make it out? Sounds like you guys are saying TL. Probably. I think. Oh, sorry, I think ahead. I think Group A is too volatile. Like if I I'm I'm an NA team, I want to be in a group with like one sure team that's just gonna take wins off of everyone, and then everything else can be fucking weird, right? So that's why I think Group D looks pretty nice. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I okay, think that so makes sense. Kelsey, FlyQuest is yours? FlyQuest is my most likely to get out, yeah. Wow, okay. So FlyQuest then what? Uh TSM then TL? I think then TL then TSM. TL then TSM. Okay. Mark? I'm I'm pretty much in alignment. I might say TL, but I wanna see them first if they've made any improvements because in general I'm just super sketched on how TL and FlyQuest approach the game. Okay. Um Hysterics. Oh yeah, I look. I'm fly FlyQuest is at the bottom. There's no way through like individual <laughs> potency. Like, can how is NA fared against like individual lanes like top esports and DRX? I mean, uh, some black shit has to happen for any of these teams to get out. So I'm just saying, yeah. like, what is the group where black shit is most likely to happen? Group B. All right, nice. What if Sooning flop in Group A? What if what if TL? You, know, you think Sooning are going to flop? I mean, no, I don't, I don't know. But I'm, the, thing, I'm... the thing about NA teams, if you watch like how they play individual lane matchups, it's actually just like really depressing. <laughs> okay, well, um, listen, listen. I was just asking for a goddamn stack rank. We let's don't just need close it. the show, dude. Yeah. This is too depressing. We're, right. we're an hour zero caller. So well, the good news is... is... I don't have a lot of uh, hope. Um, even if... Like even if there's a team that completely flops, right? You still have to, like for example, I would say IG's bot lane is really 
bad at lane matchups, right? Really bad at lane matchups. And that's how LGD made it to Worlds because they played Callista into Ezreal and then Ezreal somehow is able to go even in farm and never get traded on and be full health the entire lane. That's what I look at when I'm watching like NA bot lanes, right? It's just like mysteriously the Ezreal is full health, right? And not punish. So, um, and the wave is like crashed on two and yeah. no one is trading and like that, that's that's kind of my expectation or the wave is like in a really bad position and the crash failed or something like that right so, yeah, so that's like that's that's why my hopes for na are low right now is just because i think there is like a large gap in that type of okay well let's get into calls because we need some serotonin uh for twitch chat yeah. they are they are all just spamming depression right. depression and stuff right now uh, Mark has already pulled a bunch of people, so we don't need to explain how the show works, I guess, because... Oh, I was going to, if you want me to. Um, uh, I mean, it, it's a call-in show. We've already pulled the callers, so if you didn't put your take in earlier because you thought that we... What? We there... till... Mark, Mark's message to you was good fuck. That's what he's... No, my message <laughs> in that was that I wanted to be prepared while, you know, uh, Sterks was talking about all the LPL teams. I was just trying to be efficient. That's true. You can. I'm still looking for, for topics. If, if I see a good one, you'll get pulled. Uh, and because this is mostly an NA show, you can expect a lot more NA fans coming in here and trying to sway your minds, Kelsey. Nice. And, and I'm so we'll see. Let's we'll go. see. You know, we you got. Know, I oh. want to believe in NA, so let's convince me. Let's go, guys. I've got <laughs> All coffee. Right. I like I'm you good. say convince me as you're sipping your mug, like that meme of the person sitting at the table. It's like, oh, <laughs> NA's not I, getting I, out of group. I had a, like when, the last time someone said LGD would win worlds, I ended up drinking whiskey out of a coffee mug. So <laughs> that's five years ago. Hey, five years. And the funny thing is, they might be in TSM's group again. So okay. who knows how that goes. <laughs> Time so, for another uh, LGD versus TSM drunk VOD review. I'm ready. Let's so I, go. I forgot to shout them out. No I forgot to shout them out in the beginning. That's my my mistake. But uh, this show is sponsored by Alienware. So thank you to Alienware for their support. We're going to do a little bit of an ad break later <laughs> on for them, maybe after the first or second call. But Mark, do you want to go grab our first caller? Oh, he's already grabbing them. Fantastic. Okay, that saves time. Thank you to, let's see, I want to shout out some subs. Uh, thank you to I am Justin T, Click Nickum, uh, Blank Twenty Seven, Shreds to Raptor, uh, The Way to Dawn, V Six Stealth Black, Bob Sixty Nine, Blummy Broom, Thermodynamics, America Vespucci, I am Justin T, Tom Shoe, thank you Tom Shoe, Eve One Two Five, uh, Game or Girlfriend Alters Me Ego, Nuclei hipster dog okay fantastic revive is here revive where are you calling from atlantic city new jersey atlantic city new jersey okay well there's a lot of gambling that goes there so let's see let's see if you can gamble with some uh expectations i guess for for worlds what uh, what's your take i have a huge gamble i think tl gets group a the group of life okay there's a Strong chance they make it out. A PCS team. I think it, Kelsey said it. It's a volatile group. G2 has been super inconsistent the whole split. It's a best of one. I think the main problem with G2 is Perks. He's like super inconsistent in the bot lane. The main strength of TL is Core JJ. And I know it's not likely that they're, they're going to make it out, but I think it's a good, like Danny's best chance to make it out is Group A, the group of life. Okay. 
So your take is group A is the group of life, and that is, even if they don't have like even odds, that is the best chance for TL to get out because it will be chaotic. Yes. Okay. Uh, Kelsey, let's start with you because you are, you are the biggest skeptic. What, what do you think of this? I just like how it isn't, we don't have someone coming in off the bat like really strong saying, you guys are delusional, you know, TL is going to come out first in group A. It's like, what ways can we take mental gymnastics to get an NA team out of groups? Like, I really just, I'm, I'm feeling it, man. That's, that's basically all I have to say. <laughs> Wait, okay, <laughs> like, but what, you... what kind of crazy, absurd scenario can we create so that NAT? I'm down for that thought experiment. Okay, Let's okay. Go. So, well, as part of this thought experiment, do you do you think? I'm down. Do you think that there's a world where G2's inconsistency and and the strength of Core JJ will allow them to, I don't know, sneak past G2's defenses, maybe get a win against them or something, get their way out of the group? Kelsey. What about TL? Oh, uh, Jesus. Like, how, how do they get out? <laughs> she, she's already checked out. <laughs> oh, oh, no, I already no. I checked the... I was just looking at the chat. Sorry. Is there, is, is, <laughs> is there a world where, to the caller's point, I mean, G2's inconsistency yeah. leads to them not, I don't know, getting... I'm, having issues i guess like you have to be specific on what you think is super inconsistent about g2 like perks okay so um perks is poor perf- like i think has performed way worse than before um definitely just like dying to, to random stuff um map awareness is not on point uh taking really bad 2v2 trades so like maybe there's an angle there but uh, I definitely just think that the way that G2 perform as a full unit is really strong. Um, like, I guess there's there's a universe where TL can get out of Group A. Like, I don't think that it's impossible for NA teams to get out, but it is like you do have to create the perfect circumstances for it to occur. Uh, I don't think that G2, I, I'm not banking on G2, like, bombing out by any means, so... Yeah, I, I think Sorry, it's a big concern. Uh, just like how, yeah, the bot lane thing you can talk about maybe going in in their favor against G two, but to just be fair about it, like Impact and Brox are your two biggest question marks for TL, and Wonder and Yankos are pretty fucking great, and then you also have SOFM and Bin. So you're like, oh fuck, our <laughs> our biggest weaknesses match up to some of these teams' biggest strengths. Um. And that's like what I'm terrified as a TL fan about is like getting my top side absolutely blown open by these guys. Oh yeah, I was gonna I was gonna come in and say like the biggest thing is you're relying on the fact that you've got Broxer going up against Yankos and then SOFM junglers that will punish you. And I know there's been a lot of criticism towards Broxer. It's like you cannot be stagnant in this group because the junglers in it are, are very aggressive, especially SOFM. He's really, really good at punishing timings and like missteps from enemy junglers. So I think it's relying on Broxa to have a great game and then, yeah, coming back to like top lane, like individual lanes, especially okay. through top side. So also to be a little clearer, I'm going to illustrate why I think G2 is favorite over Sunning in particular. It's just uh, in terms of making trades for tempo over an objective, that's something that I see like very few teams do globally. And it's something G2 are very good at. And uh, I think that Sooning kind of get screwed up in the mid to late game when they have an advantage by not sweeping behind them and not covering their flanks or controlling areas. 
So that's why I think like G2 works really well. Cause even when G2 have had inconsistent early games, um, just by like overstaying uh, resets or um, taking weird fights that they shouldn't take or 2v2 trades that they shouldn't take. Um, they've, they've been really, really good in terms of like mid game map control and being smart about trading for tempo over like a dragon, which I don't think I've seen an NA team all year uh, make a tempo trade, like willingly make a tempo trade to give dragon. And that's obviously an extreme exaggeration because I can think of examples right now where that's occurred, but it's just like really unpopular to even consider giving dragons. And sure, playing, playing the like, yeah. 5v5 dragon teams are just going to win. Uh, it's very strange. Like, I see Fnatic making this kind of mistake against you 2 even in the final, where it's like, okay, you guys don't have to fight here. And then they're just mis-executing fights where they should be favorable as well. So, and that's where G2 really shine because people talk, think about G2 as, like, super aggressive, super um, all-in, just all these types of things, but their map movements are just really intelligent. And yeah. uh, that's, like, that's where I think... Is is they're not the team to bank on being inconsistent and just collapsing because of that because that doesn't rely on a single player popping off that day, you know. Uh, hysterics. You remind me, were you the one casting Sooning versus LGD in the third fourth place match? Uh, yeah, the 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 Oscar night, and yeah, 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 yeah I was doing that. Yeah, because I remember you were. I think it was you pleading like. Hey guys, don't judge if this is your first time watching these teams play. I was like, please, this is not the LPL. This is the third, fourth place match. And then we get to the third seed world qualifying match and Sooning do the exact same thing anyway. So it's like, oh, hang on, maybe it was Sooning. Um, but LGD threw a lot in that uh, Oscar night. Yeah, it was just it was just funny too. because I, I was like, I think it was the first one of their series I watched. And you were just like, no. Uh, they were just. I don't want people coming in now. Yeah, it was it was a big ARAM fest. A lot of those those fights. So like to sure. Kelsey's point about uh, one of the advantages I think G two would have over them, and I I agree that like it's not representative of how they they always play, but I think um, G two is really smart about finding plays as well, and in, in like the windows between Drakes was one of the things I I thought they're really good about like making sideline plays where yeah. NA teams will sometimes just you know, AFK farm push waves back and forth until the next dragon. I don't see that happening quite as much. And I think LPL uh, and more specifically also Sooning is like down to fight those, but I don't think they'll be as good about picking their own. Um, so like, I think that macro advantage would probably still exist against Sooning, but Sooning can take over a game so easily. Yeah, they, they turn they turn advantages like tempo trades is, is a good word to use, especially for a lot of LPL teams and how like they define their games, especially early games. So but yeah, I, I'm I'm so swung between like G2 and, and Sooning, and I know this kind of comes off the question, but when we're talking about first and second being so competitive, and we're talking about like, oh, well, there's two still like giants in this group, and we haven't even touched on Marchi because we don't know what Marchi going to look like. This is still the first seed of PCS and the first seed put together of like LMS and, you know, what the LST was last year. It's like, how does TL triumph when you're relying on, on like this outlier of Marchi and then... Suiting G2 or competing for first and second. Well, I'm sorry, Revive. But it doesn't sound like there's much hope for your admittedly limited hope for TL. Believe that. Yeah, a lot of fair points across the board. Um, <laughs> I don't know, just some wishful thinking, some any optimism. Um, I thought it might be a nice group, but yeah, I get it. Dude, I do it with LGD, don't worry. Don't stop believing. 
If you think Tail's going to go first, you stick with it and they'll come first. I didn't say first, but... Uh, all right, well, hey, top two. I think, I think... It's, it's Eric's upgrade as you. You said calm, first. Calm down. I'm not that optimistic, okay? Yeah, that's what he's saying. Uh, but I appreciate it. I think TL probably appreciates it. So I appreciate it. Revive, thank you. I Look, here's what I will say. I think at least one team will make it out of groups because I think there's... There's so much, like, we, to Kelsey's point, we are super, there's not very much hope this year, I feel like, and quite frankly, those are usually the times I feel like the region does the best, right? Like, I still yeah. remember CLG going to MSI, and everybody was like, this is gonna be a joke, and then, boom. Remember the boom part? Boop. Anyway, Revive, thank you for, <laughs> thank you for the call. Anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller? No, I just thanks. Um, I actually got into League of Legends because of one of your interviews. I watched a like this long interview with Nate Shot, and I was like, "Let me check out League." And now I'm a huge fan, and I watch all the regions. So, are you more a fan of League than Nate Shot now? You kicked him out. I didn't kick him out. He, le I think he left. You kicked him out, dude. What the hell? I oh, did you kick him? No, I he didn't actually. He couldn't choose between Nate Shot and. Uh, <laughs> yeah, totally it was totally too hard. I understand. Oh. <laughs> I missed so. your revive. I didn't kick him, so I don't know what happened. Uh, Jeez, and Kelsey yeah, doesn't have power, so this is not a hundred thieves. Anyway, <laughs> I I didn't kick him. Like guys, I didn't kick him. Everybody in Twitch chat saying I did it. I don't. Why would I kick him? I was curious. Anyway, uh, so I guess we'll move on. Actually, we have to take a quick break, really quickly, to talk about. We don't have to. We get to because they sponsor this show. It is a privilege. To be able to shout them out given how much they do uh for us to make sure all this stuff happens allows me to do hotline league and pay mark's exorbitant rates you know how much he bleeds me for this show he's like travis i just did the dive this morning i don't need to do another show uh it's do maybe we just skip this week and then i go well, mark i can't i can't we can't skip this week it's a huge week and he goes oh how huge is it travis very confusing. Anyway, Alienware sponsors so much of what we do here. Basically, all of it. Press this button so it lights back up behind me. Uh, and we really appreciate the support. We're working on doing some cool stuff with them for Worlds, so stay tuned uh, for that because we're going to try and do maybe a giveaway or something for you guys to to enjoy. Uh, but they've got all sorts of cool stuff coming out soon, including their new. They're they've confirmed. I think I can say this. Cause, I mean, why would they not? But. They're going to have the new NVIDIA graphics cards that are available in uh, in those. So if you've been looking at that 3000 series and you're thinking, hey, I'd love to get a computer with one of those babies in it, go check out Alienware.com slash Travis. Stay tuned as those become available very soon. And uh, use Travis 10 off Q3 to save 10% off your order. And again, I think I said this previously, but a lot of you guys, I found out from them recently, have been have been purchasing Actually, maybe I should, maybe this is dangerous to say, but something kind of fun happened last week. I got a tweet from somebody that was like, hey, I bought an Alienware computer. And I go, and this individual, I look at their Twitter, huge TSM fan, huge, huge TSM fan, was flaming TSM when they lost to Golden Guardians, and then the next week praising TSM when they beat Golden Guardians. But just like whole identity is about being a TSM fan. Guess what? TSM? Not sponsored by Alienware, so I think it's kind of cool that you guys are going out and buying Alienware stuff whenever 
you know, I, I guess that's, it says a lot. So anyway, thank you guys so much for, for supporting uh, Alienware and stay tuned for all the cool stuff we're going to do with them at Worlds. And uh, the 3000 series lineup of NVIDIA cards is going to be available soon. So t- stay tuned for that. Anyway, let's move on to the next caller. Off, off Mark goes. Uh, shout out to Ventus Official, Hipster Dog, Captain Swoose, Mandalorian5584, Blue Jay. And looks like we've got the OG Kush here. OG Kush, we haven't had you on the show for a while. Yeah. Remind me where you're calling from. I'm calling from North Carolina. North Carolina. Well, when was the last time you were on the show? Do you remember? Um, it's been a it's been a long time. I I think uh, I think maybe the last time was maybe last year's World's Round. I know Raz was on the show when I was on, so um, that was really fun. Shout out to Raz if you're still in the chat. Yeah, I mean, I I was thinking it was probably around around Worlds. He's not. He's not in the chat. We don't. We don't oh. watch him. Anyway, OG Kush, what do you want uh, to talk about on the show? Yeah, so um, I think I think that the group job for TSM is is the just stylistically the best for them to make it out of the groups. Uh, Fnatic and Gen G are not top centric top centric teams, uh, which plays to TSM strength as like the only NA team that can play topside well. Um, and then LGD is, um, not, not, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't look too, too great. I mean, I watch there. Just, I, there's a man on the show who just told me they're going to win worlds. Yeah, so I, know, very... I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm not, not, not sure I, I can agree with that, but, uh, af- especially after, uh, watching their qualifying series versus Sooning, it was like, honestly, if you took the nameplates off, it looked like. The FlyQuest versus C9 series, like Peanut, <laughs> Peanut, Peanut, just getting abused, um, like made major hardcore. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to say is I'm actually glad that TSM didn't um, didn't get a group of life because if they happen to make out of a group, then there's no, you know, there's no asterisk on it. Like, oh, they got a group of life. Like, haha, na, na, bad, lol, w, kick w, you know. <laughs> So, wait, so you're saying you're happy that they didn't get a group of life because yeah, they'll actually yeah, have to prove it. I am, I am, because because you know <clears throat> the likely you know it's likely that you know any teams don't make it out, but if we do make it out, like make it out of a good group, you know. All right, so I'll leave Hysterics and Kelsey to break down the smart points of this one. I'll give you how you you take take down TSM if they make it out of this group. LGD was never good. All right, we all watched that series that you're talking about. They just aren't a good team. And then Fnatic is super hit or miss. They were 9-9 nine and nine the regular season. They suck in best of ones. So, you know, realistically, there was only two teams in this group the entire time. And, of course, TSM gets out with Gen.G. So there you go. That's that's the negative person's take on when TSM gets out of this group. And now <laughs> I'll let Kelsey and Hysterics take away why that's not going to happen. I just though. want to be clear, LEC fans that are watching this, Mark doesn't actually think Fnatic are super hit or miss, and he thinks they're going to make it out. And if, please like the video. Anyway, sorry. Um, <laughs> hysterics, you want to explain why LGD, the winners of Worlds 2020, are not yeah. as bad as, as look, OG Kush seems to think that they are? Look, for someone who's casted 160 best of threes, or at least somewhere near there, like a lot, and seen LGD development. Is this the like year. the 200 years of uh, game design yeah. experience? Yeah, <laughs> almost, almost. This is a casting condition. Yeah. Um, LGD 
like through regular seasons, their ceiling is amazing. And like when they're on, they're on. And that's that's what I'm gambling on, that LGD are going to be on. That's where all this world's champion stuff comes from, from a fourth seed of the LPL. But LGD versus sitting, I agree. If we get that form, then absolutely, I start believing in TSM. And before, when I was talking about TSM, like and talking about this group of life, I think I think it's very relevant considering that TSM have you know when Broken Blade goes up against Lung Xing, you know we might get like a Camille Jax matchup, we might get a Camille Orn matchup, who knows? But I, I agree that you know top side of the map is the strength of TSM. I, I think they're very valid points, but I do also expect TSM to be reliant on Fnatic's form, especially because like Gen G and, and LGD might battle it out, and TSM might be like that that middling like third to fourth depending on i don't know yeah, just from I, I watching mean, finals I, game three and four right yeah no for sure i mean i i definitely think it's like a a four two four two three three kind of group um yep. my my point was just stylistically um i think it's just the best best teams to draw <clears throat> yeah so, I, sorry kelsey you go you said that uh, like these aren't really top centric teams but how would you kind of characterize fanatics play style then um, I mean, if you look at their drafts, they typically will draft like you know orange GP, those kind of things. Mm -hmm. Um, and then uh, play around like <clears throat> play around Hillisang and self-made like roaming around the map, making plays around mid or or bot. I guess that's kind of what it seems uh, to me. And then kind of leaving Blippo on the island. Um, yeah, and I mean like the. The game that like sticks out to me is when uh, like the whatever the first game of the G two versus Fnatic series when G two just like uh, played the River Shen and it was it was like I mean it wasn't to the extent of Solo just getting his ass beaten but um, like same kind of style of you know playing through top <clears throat> through through Wonder and they seem to really struggle with it. I think uh, like Bubba's kind of was famous for Victor Topred, which is like the champion that you just put him up there and he does his thing. And I think GP has kind of like become that. Uh, I never want to see him play Zillion again, for example, but... Um, <laughs> How about Rengar? Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the Rengar thing, like the way you set that up, I don't, I don't want to go on a tangent, whatever. Um, but the... Like, I guess the idea for me is that He's that's that used to be his identity, and like last year, a lot of times they just played through top really, really hard with Roxa because they wanted like a really, really straightforward kind of system for that. Um, so it's Whippo, I think, is like kind of flexible in that regard. He's not going to be like a huge team to write home about, but I would say that like Fnatic is really weird because I, I don't look at this team and say that there's like an insane lane that they play around, but they look for jungle advantages. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, Wibbo is certainly capable of playing those things. They just mm -hmm. <laughs> they've not picked it at all. I'm not yeah, saying I mean, yeah. it's, but I don't see them as a team that plays through a lane, right? It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Self-made and then uh, Hillsong roaming. That's I think decent. Like if it took EU a really long time to realize that they should play for jungle advantage, and that's kind of the weird thing about watching LEC and the, the shift like halfway through their playoffs, which makes it really difficult for me to like kind of quantify those teams. 
Um, so it's like hard for me to specifically say that Fnatic has like a super defined like anti topside style just because of the fact that I think it took them a long time to kind of cement how they want to play. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's like the the one thing that I'd really quibble with you on. I think uh, so. Like the way that I've seen TSM play, that's been kind of weird for me in terms of their early game is they played for like this they picked for like this counter pick bot support and bot kind of thing i remember they played like the ash karma and the Kaelin lux and they sent um their jungle top and i thought that was kind of strange um because then like like i said the wave was in a weird position that game uh that it couldn't quite crash and sent one with bottom like i'm remembering the final here so mm-hmm. like that to me is kind of the weird thing that stands out. So Fnatic is a team that because they were looking for a lot of 2v2s bottom in their final. If they look for that, then I think that that's something that they might be more willing to pull the trigger on. So you can see like a very volatile game and it's just about like who escalates faster. And I think NA teams get really confused when they can't get dragons. So um yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting, but I don't think that like we play around top, so we're stylistically favored against teams that don't is accurate way to break it down. That's true. Especially teams like LGD that do nothing of the sort, right? Especially mm-hmm. when their mid-jungle priority is like what leads this team forward. I mean, that's a different question. Line of questioning towards TSM and like how they approach that, but I think it's a very valid argument talking about TSM approaching a lot of the I weaknesses think, in this group. I think in NA, it's a valid thing to bring up just because... There aren't a lot of teams that play around top. I say this coming from 100 Thieves, but uh, <laughs> it, it's it's a valid thing to bring up that it's like, okay, they didn't react well to that. It's like FlyQuest and TL didn't react well to this type of strategy, but I think that uh, more teams globally are kind of used to it. Um, and so it's it's just because they don't play around top doesn't mean they're necessarily a bad stylistic matchup, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess my my point with that is that like it, it it'll help them whenever they are whenever they're red side um, against you know in their in their double round robin like TL and red side and FlyQuest and red side is gonna be really rough because think- you know it's just <laughs> they don't use red side very well at all. I think I it's think- fair to say that historically NA teams have been very bad at using red side and TSM is one of the better ones, but it's still like interesting to me when they would do support counterpick and then... Oh, for sure. About, like, I, for sure. Mark? Yeah, the other thing I was going to chime in there too is like the these other teams that do play more around, whether you're talking about jungle getting ahead or for Gen G, like they're mm-hmm. really big about getting ruler ahead, they can still play topside carries. They just don't... Yeah. It's not like a default thing. So... Like Rascal and Longshin can obviously play the carries when they give them mm-hmm. counterpick, and then their their junglers actually know how to play around that top side. Whereas like against the teams in NA, TSM, and I think this is why you know Kelsey's talking about some of these weird things where they'll counterpick for support, but you know like they they might not play that way or something, is because mm-hmm. you you never worried about your top side getting snowballed for TSM. You never had to worry about Solo getting chain ganks in his favor, or same with with Impact, and it. You know, I don't think you can take that and assume that's going to happen against these other teams, even if they aren't top-centric teams, because they, yeah, they can't I mean, flip that on. That's also why I mean, LGD beat IG the first time, right? Is that they, like, shifted their style and said, okay, we're going to put Longstreet on carries and we're going to play for 3v3s top and abuse the Shy, yeah, right? And I, I, can, I can see kind of Broken Blade has, like, a lot of, like, kind of the Shy Light-esque characteristics where he'll play, like, super aggro and super weird um, if his lane isn't like being supported right so he can be abused in that way as well i think 
Push, you were going to say something, and then I think we need yeah, to... Yeah, no, I was just going to say, like, I mean, it's just specific, just going to Mark's point about Gen.G, like, if Gen.G wants to play away from Ruler and, and Life, like, great. Good. Like, I'd rather them try to play around Rascal against TSM than play, play against Ruler. Ruler so doesn't need to help, that, let me tell you. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. I, mean, I hate to bring up Golden Guardians, right, but it's like, they almost beat TSM twice by playing like super hard bot, right? So that's a that's a point to bring yeah, up. Hotline League everybody fair, brings up Golden Guardians. Point. Mm -hmm. Thank you to Avali for the uh four hundred person raid. Shout out to Avali. Um Alright, so uh Kush oh hey, I've got two parting words for you, Kush. Yeah. One is uh well, this is more for everybody. The Run It episode this week, the show that I'm doing with Tim, um, which everyone should go check out if you haven't. The first two episodes are out. This one is going to be about how NA stacks up against some of the other regions stylistically and, and that we're sort of playing this other... This, we do a lot of things different in in this region. So we're going to be highlighting some of those differences if you are not used to listening to some of these other regions or whatever. You can sort of see how, how they're doing things differently that way. The second thing is... This is a lot of doom and gloom for TSM. I'm going to tell you why it's, why you're completely right, OG. So okay. first off, TSM this split for shit. Mm -hmm. Until playoffs started to come in, all right? And then mm -hmm. what you started to see, here's, here's the thing. I, a couple episodes ago, predicted that TSM would win summer finals. There were multiple matches through. And the reason why is because they just kept powering up. They were just getting yep. better and better and better every series. And so yep. what I think is going to happen is you're just going to see, like, it's just up and to the right. You know, I, I look at a lot of stock and investment TikToks, and whenever something is going up and to the right, that's good. And so right now, I think that that's going to keep happening, and then we're going we're, we're gonna to see this team be better than they ever have been because they're... Uh, what, is, what is the term that all the colors always tend to use? Um, it's their... Momentum. Momentum. Thank you. You knew exactly what it is. Mm. Momentum. Like TSM stonks, baby. Let's go. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, dude. TSM week two. But LGD and Fnatic actually had the same story where they powered up in playoffs. Oh, that's actually true for like all these teams too. Is that yeah. they all took like the hard road? Even Gen G was a gauntlet qualifier. All right, team. whatever. We're talking about TSM. Uh, Kush, any shout out before we move on to the next caller? Um. Well, shout out to to bringing some LPL casters on here. I'm I was really happy to to see that, and sad that uh, y'all y'all won't be on uh, the casting, but we'll we'll miss you. But uh, yeah, pleasure to to be on with all you guys. Thank you. Where, wherever Riot slips, I will I will come in to save the day. That is why we're gonna do a world's format video too. By the way, that's actually true. We're doing one anyway. Thanks, OG. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Mark, you want to grab the next color? Sure. And, All right, and Blue Frost. I would say, by the way, that getting to come on Hotline League probably about the same as Casting Worlds. So I, I think everybody, we could, we could stop with the sadness for the LPL. Some would casters. say better. Some yeah. would say better. So. It's true. You have a lot more freedom in what you can, you can say yeah. and do here. Yeah. <laughs> Skips thirty five. I am Elvis four. Doc Smart. Whiskey Jack and Techno one Q for the six months. Thank you. Uh, Blue Frost is here. Blue Frost, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Dallas, Fort Worth, Metroplex in Texas. Dallas, Fort Worth. I'm going to turn you up a little bit. You're a little quiet. Um, oh, no worries. What do you What do you want to talk about on the show? So I've got 
because of the new playing format, I think it's got the, like, this is the best playing format we ever had because this opens up, we get to see the minor regions playing each other in best of fives. And I got three hypothetical scenarios that are possibilities. First one, I we could see a one of the emerging regions get into the main stage. Two, perhaps NA could go in winless in group stage if the stars align. And then the third, this is like by far the least likely one, but actually no, I'm not. I'm not a one of them. I won't too stupid. Okay. But, okay. Uh, Wait, I'm, I I thought uh, you had like a which of these, like if you're going to stack rank the order of likelihood, I thought it was uh, a, yeah. a hypothetical. Uh, uh, yeah, I got a. Yeah, that's what I. All right, let's stack them up. Okay. First one, let's say a major region, like one of the emerging regions, gets into the main stage of groups. Two, a pool one team other than TSM drops in the group stage. Or three, NA goes winless in groups. Least, uh, like, I guess. They're all really, really unlikely, but I think the playing format makes these possible. Right. So to to reiterate, I I, I like this question because it was a hypothetical. Which one are the most likely to happen out of three? You know, kind of upset situations. The play-in team uh, coming from a minor region, one of them getting through, a top-seeded team dropping, or three NA going winless at Worlds, uh, which. I don't know if that's quite totally an upset, but I think we should get at least one group win. So I, I was oh, sorry. Are you, saying, are you saying it wouldn't be an upset if we don't make a single, we don't win a single I, game? I'm saying Worlds? it's, it's still like percentage wise, not like likely to happen, but it's not like an upset, you know, I guess is what I'm saying. I, Where's the other ones? People would be upset though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, yikes. Anyway. So which of the three is most likely? Um, and yeah. sorry, we're talking about like a a minor region or like I think a, that one's most likely. Those the, that coming in from or that team coming in through making play-ins. it through play-ins. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I feel like I, that's most likely. Yeah, I agree with that one. I think, and I would say it'd be UOL, and the way that would happen would be UOL getting second in their group because PSG they don't have their mid jungle, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. And that affects a lot of, sure, mid-jungle is a good duo, but they also, they still lose their jungle support synergy. So things like vision control on the map is, like, they're going to learn to work with, like, a new vision paradigm. So, uh, Kelsey and Hysterics, do you guys think any of these are more likely than others? Do you think it's most likely that we're going to see unicorns make it um, in? What's your, your expectation? Kelsey, do you want to start? Sure. So I think it's interesting that the 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 top seed from each group goes to the main stage, right? That's how it works. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I think that makes it likely that, and it's only a single round robin in each group. Mm-hmm. So that yeah, makes it's it a lot of too. Pretty possible that uh, we see just like a that that makes it even like potentially likely that a that a minor region team or whatever whatever we call it emerging regions. I remember when Freak actually just like corrected me on Twitter like, <laughs> for calling it a minor region. So I have no idea what we call them anymore. I just yeah. I rumble. I just, I'm like emerging just, minor wild card. Emerging. Um, yeah. I usually go by like the fact that they don't they aren't guaranteed a team in the group so, stage. 
So, so we that, think that makes it kind of interesting. So I would like up it and say that I would I could see a, a team kind of like upsetting and coming out first in their group just because they only have to win like a, a, a few like one more game right than the second place team. Yeah, but so again, that's, yeah. that's why I think the plans are so good. We, we, and we also get to see minor regions playing against each other in best of fives. I would argue with that being like with that making plans. The for, plans format better. It makes it like more entertaining, I guess. But yeah. I, 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 <laughs> it just gives it more. It feels story. like there's more story to it. Yeah, because before you kind of at least this is my tip. I always saw it as you know, it's just a group stage, and then you know, major region just. So we will see a emerging also, region emerge. I also really it's like. I'm not super high on demands, and I think like uh, Uniboy and Kongyu are pretty good players. So, uh, yeah. I don't think PC. I don't think like people. People are really discounting PSG Talon because of the roster change, but I think it could end up being good for them. Uh, so I don't know. It depends. Hysterics, so we're trying to trying to get through calls pretty quickly, but Hysterics, what's your your take on yeah. this? I'll be super quick. I, th I wish it was double round robin and planes, even though it's planes. I know people don't really care about minor regions, but I, I agree the most likely is a minor region making it through, especially if, like OPL has a chance to hit a best of five for the first time ever because, you know, OPL day one looks great. OPL day two looks crap. Um, it's the OCE curse. But at the very <laughs> least, seeing a minor region come through and then a top team making out, they're, they're going to win. And NA is going to win at least one, two games in groups. No one's going winless. No, no region should be going winless, honestly. So I don't think that's likely at all. But that one, depends. Yeah. That, one that one, I feel like depends on a minor region getting in and then TL going into group of death. With yeah, uh, I, I just think like on your take as well. I, I would say that yeah, unicorns of love are my team at least in group B. Like to be the minor region, that, that mm -hmm. looks like such a good team. And honestly, the new format's fantastic. Mm -hmm. I wish it was double round robin because I think single round robin doesn't give you a true understanding. Like you know, one game is cheese to put it lightly. Um, or, you know, one game is based on draft error, and that's not favorable. So, yeah, I, I, I like the new format, and I hope I see, like, maybe OPL getting into a best of five. That would be a, a true OCE fan's dream. Blue Frost, thank you so it's, much. It's a lot easier for OPL again to best of five. They have to win. That it is. Just yeah. don't come last. Don't come last. Yeah, Blue Frost, any, any shout-outs or plugs you want to make before we move on to the uh, next one? I'll give a, I'm going to give Alienware a shout-out, and then uh, also... Shout out to Asterix and the LPL guys. It's nice because I I was able to catch the catch the finals on the way to work, and it was a treat. Thank you. I'm obviously, I'm obviously not at Worlds, and I'm also he's also a lefty, right? Like does Knight play with like mouse on the hand? Yeah, yeah. He used to play. He used to play cross armed. Fun fact for anyone in 2019, he actually used to play like this. What the and hell? Then, and then uh, I think, I don't know who told him, but they said, swap your hands over. And he's like, oh, yeah. So he, uh, he used to play like that. He used to play cross up because, Does he I don't know. Play with the, did, he move, did he switch the mouse and keyboard to like a mouse on the left or? No, uh, uh, well, I mean, he swapped his, he crossed his arms first because he didn't. And then I think he just swapped it over. Yeah, he's that is wild. All right. Anyway, I, I, I heard he plays with motion controls, actually. He's just. There's a <laughs> there's a player play out, the track there's a player I once Herp. heard about I don't know if this story is public so I won't say who told me it or which player it was in which game but there's a there's a esports athlete in a FPS who apparently grew up his whole life with 
the left and right headset swapped on the wrong ears. And so when he started playing, um, when he started playing these FPS games, like it became an issue where one of his, the headsets, you couldn't swivel the microphone arm to the other side because he'd put it on backwards every time. And so it was this huge issue where it, like in his brain, hearing like, you know, bullets wow. on the right meant that somebody was on his left or something because this is just the oh, way wow. he played forever, which that's, is insane. Dude, that's amazing though. That's yeah. pretty nice. Yeah, make that work is like that. Yeah. I, that's respect. It's, another, anyway, I thank you, Blue Frost, for the call. No problem. I was going to give another example of a player using like interesting controls, but yeah, like, have a good one. Yeah, I'll be quick. It's a there's a Street Fighter player who plays with like his face, like his mouth, because he I think he has a hand or arm issue that basically had to like uses uses like face and like on the on the controller. That's cool. But he's like a really good Street Fighter Four player. Well, thank thank you for the call, Blue Frost. We'll catch you next time. Thanks, man. Uh, All right, moving on to the next caller. Uh, we've got, uh, let's see. Oh, Team Corgi Mid, thank you for the 14 months. Real Maliac, a Liberi, quote me if Pars, Ince, Min Minzuba, Trickstery, Insulin Shots, Ari Waddle. And it looks like Costanza's here. Costanza, where are you calling from? Blue Jay. Oh. 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 I should have known with the the FlyQuest combo. Honestly, I only took a FlyQuest take because no one was putting any FlyQuest takes in. And I'm like, we're going to Worlds and there's no FlyQuest takes? So, yeah. Uh, I don't know if Hysteric watches the show, but Blue Jay is someone who constantly changes his name in Discord and constantly tries to trick me into getting onto the show. Oh, and, no. and uh, now there's a mini revolution going on in the YouTube comments. Everyone's just saying make Blue Jay like a permanent uh, co-host or like guest nice. or whatever. We don't we don't reward poor behavior on this show. No, anyway, if anything, we're gonna perma ban him because because people are getting too rowdy about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Blue Jay, what do you want to talk about? Oh, you're calling from what Ontario or whatever, but yeah, yeah, Ontario, Toronto, something, right? It's yeah, yeah, some, yeah, some place yeah, yeah. in Canada. It's all the same. Yeah. What do you what do you want to talk about? Uh, I just want to talk yeah. about how I don't think FlyQuest should be totally written off. Um, I actually think that for now, I, I know the meta is kind of shifting a little bit, um, but I think for now um, that the meta does fit their play style a little bit. And what I mean by that is more specifically bot lane, just because bot lane isn't exactly like hard carry bot lane. It's, it's more, uh, as Kelsey said earlier, role players. Um, I know you don't like that term, but I do think it is accurate for what Wild Turtle kind of brings. And if that stays, you know, consistent, then I think that that will be a really good plus for FlyQuest. And I also like talking percentages. I, I think that the five to ten percent chance of getting out of groups is is fair. I think for for any team or for FlyQuest? No, for FlyQuest. Okay, so you're saying that instead of what Kelsey's like three percent, or I don't want to put words into Kelsey's He's mouth. Doubled you, it. No, I think she said. I think she said about five. I, I I'm I saying I, I agree. Around five, I said five. I said five. Don't worry. I was okay. Thinking. I thought I heard someone say five. My bad. It sounds like hysteric said five. I said yeah. five. I'll give you five. Okay, so you're saying instead of five, it should be ten percent. 
I mean, whatever, man. I'm just saying that I you don't said think you that like they should be. And so that you, yeah, yeah. You gave I mean, we're getting really specific here. I think. I mean, you I, said you 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 brought us to this metric, and then I used the metric, and then you're like, whatever, man, whatever. <laughs> so I absolutely do love percentages, but I think if we're gonna argue between two and five percent, then maybe I don't like percentages that much. Okay, I just I'm down from Blue Day to be a permanent co-host. Let's yeah. <laughs> so all right um so you think FlyQuest is underrated in their group and that might they might not a be bit. a for sure thing but that they have a better chance of getting out of their group than the other regions and that the show is sort of underrating their chances i'm just saying that FlyQuest is kind of being written off from what i have seen now of course i haven't spoken with absolutely every person uh, but from what I've seen, I think FlyQuest is a little bit more written off, whereas I think their chances are about as equal as the other two teams, as, as TSM and TL. I think all of them sit around 5 to 10% range. Dar- Dairy Cat in Twitch chat says, Senna nerfed, Kate nerfed, Azir nerfed, quote, meta shifting to fly. Yes, I, I did. Uh, I did realize that. And that's why I said that it is sort of shifting or I, I don't know if that's exactly the words that I use. But yes, I am aware of these nerfs it's in the bot lane. Of, it sort of shifts and it sort of fits them is what I got. So. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, Blue comes bat. in with this. Uh, all, <laughs> right, all right. All right. Let me, let me go to bat for Blue Jay a little bit and yeah. then you guys can tear <laughs> me apart because I realize this is a bit of a kind of ignoring it um like i think the the whole roaming meta support which feels like what is taking over the world and what's what's preferred uh when you look at the lpl supports barrel um and i think ignar fits that that prototype of playmaking roaming support um you know he had the highest or i guess lowest duo percent to his bot laner in na so like hit you know turtles comfortable being on an island if that's how people are going to play um Mid is pretty open right now. I think they got exposed a little bit about not being able to deal with globals. Um, and hopefully that they pick up that in response. Uh, but POE does have a relatively deep champion pool. I think you can criticize you know, him not being the scrappiest early game player and, and having a certain play style. But he is pretty good. That mid lane is disgusting. Chovy and Knight being in there. And most likely even Humanoid coming in will be another really good mid laner that they'll have to deal with. And then Santorin is kind of like inspired to me, uh, where they both mostly played utility junglers in the regular season, but have swapped a little bit more towards carry and playoffs, um, but have actually made that swap relatively well. I think Santorin can play both styles. So like, to Blue Jay's point, sort of they fit in the meta. I just think there's this black hole concern about top lane. <laughs> I also don't think we know what the meta is for sure yet as well. That's it's the other true. thing too. Meta does shift as Worlds goes on. Okay, so, Kelsey, Hysterics, you guys, by, by default, because he's disagreeing with your take on FlyQuest, you disagree with his. So explain why he is, is wrong. And uh, feel free I, to be I, bloody and aggressive with it, because <laughs> Blue Jay reserves no you know, I, timidity. I don't disagree with his take in the sense that I think that, like I already said, I think FlyQuest probably have the best chance of something weird happening and then getting out right of the 3 and 8 teams. Like, that's where I am. Yeah, but uh, he thinks I, that the meta is sort of, kind of, a little yeah, I mean, shifting. I don't, like, it, it's it's difficult to respond to him just because he hasn't really defined uh, what he thinks the meta is going <laughs> to be. So well, I can't really respond to his, his take on, like, how it suits. But I think, in general, uh, in terms of, I think the way that, it's actually interesting because I feel like the way 
Santorin and Karst are kind of play is very supportive of their laners. Yeah. So they're similar in that regard. Um, I don't like the way that Karst plays because I think he the way he plays is like really easy to abuse, but in the current jungle meta, uh, but he has to like kind of go off of the back of okay, his laners are going to be super ahead. So even though he plays like kind of antithetical to I think how he should, uh, that that works for them. I think if anything, like the the bot meta will open up more carries given like the new patch changes. So that's where I think it kind of shifts away. Like Senna getting changed and nerfed uh, actually hurts them because I feel like the mage Senna kind of style was really, really good for Fly. Uh, the, given the way that PoE and Wild Turtle and Ignar all play. So that's, I think it, if anything, like it shifts kind of away from where they are. So that would be like my response specifically yeah. to, to, I to would, that part of the take. I would just say that like these, you be really simple about this and look, how does Power of Evil stack up against Knight and Chobi? Like, is FlyQuest going to get to the point in the game where they don't get bodied in the first 15 minutes by, <laughs> like, the two best mid laners in the tournament? And, you know, coming back to, like, jungle style, like, Caster's ability to... Okay, he plays towards topside quite a lot as well. And then, you know, it was someone like Solo be able to get away with, like, these Shen, these Orn picks, like, you know, whether it's blind or not, when you have 369 as a carry top laner who, again, does the same thing as Knight. Like, the Solo lanes in this group, I don't think FlyQuest will be able to match. I, I, and I truly think, like, you get punished in draft as well as the early game through landing phase. Yeah, as much as we were laughing about, you know, Finn having a rough time, Impact having a rough time, Soul is going to have just as much of a rough time against 369. And, yep. um, oh my God, I'm blinking. Uh, and, um, Doran, Doran. Yeah. yeah. I, I Doran definitely agree. Yeah. I definitely agree with top lane. I think top lane is easily the biggest concern, um, especially since we saw that and I know this is like such a, an easy take, but like if you can't perform in NA in top lane, you're going to have a hard time at Worlds. And I know that's an easy and repetitive take, but it's just so true. And I think that FlyQuest will struggle in the top lane if they're going to struggle in one position specifically. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, in NA, I look across and I see that laning phase is so much more calm. Like it's so much more peaceful where LPL especially, it's all about risk versus reward. Like, is it worth taking this 50-50 trade if it means that I'm going to get the shove out in lane and then push for early herald or like am i going to find a solo kill here if you know like i take that 50 50 that the jungle is not here as well so i think that that punishment could be good for a team like FlyQuest, but most likely it could just go downhill the the na teams as i've said will just control the other teams okay they're gonna <laughs> lpl is gonna come at, at us like a an angry animal and there's just gonna be a leash that we we keep these teams on to stop. Anyway, we're so gonna we're, bore them. We're gonna bring back the old beef noodle meme. Remember, like if if you guys remember from 2014, like the beef noodle soup. Yeah, right? isn't that? Didn't, yeah, didn't the teams get? They all went to, um, what's the name of that restaurant? Oh, that was um, that was 2016 MSI, right? That was like when they went to Heidi oh, Law. Uh, yeah, Heidi Lowe. I can't, uh, for some reason, was blanking on it. So. Like, and, and Faker said, no more Heidi Lowe. So. Yes, okay, wait. So, 20, you're thinking of a different noodle soup. Yeah, I'm thinking of 2014. I don't know. It was like EDG bombed out because uh, someone gave Name beef noodle soup, right? And it was poisoned, and he got food poisoning. 
I don't know either of the fucking references you guys are making. I'm I'm in the dark on both of those. Right, so my brain is very small, and whenever you guys reference like, oh yes, in 2017 when the top lane meta shifted halfway through groups to this thing, and like it totally favored this region because they've been playing that all that stuff. I don't remember, but the memes I remember, and those are always yeah. great. Uh, I think it's very telling that when we're talking about NA's expectations at Worlds, we're talking about soup. Yeah. Give me yeah. out. Next call. Mark, you invented the soup. Man. All right. All right. Uh, any any other th- final thoughts, Blue Jang? Uh, just real quick, I want to know who you guys think is going to win Worlds. Top. LGD, apparently. LGD, bro. Just bullet. Mm. Jack Daniel sponsorship. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Uh, who I think is gonna win? I think it's like boring to say TS, but I'm gonna say TS. So there you go. Let's be boring. I think it's a. So I think that meta kind of like favors the fact that they're coming with the ability to have like a carry bot. I don't think the meta is gonna swing like super hard into carry bot, but it's gonna open it up a bit more. True. Um, Mark and uh, yeah, I think that will help them. I I agreed with Kelsey. I said top. Okay. I agree. It's going to be TSM, baby. TSM. There we go. That's what's happening. Debated. Yeah. Uh, All right. Go uh, next caller. Shout out to Twitch chat for giving me that joke. Anyway, uh, Costanza, as mm-hmm. as you are known on Discord, any plugs before you go? No, that's that's it. All right. Well, thank you. For, See you guys. Yeah. Thanks for the call. Thanks for having me on. Bye. Off you go. <clears throat> Ari Waddle, I'm Yogi. Thank you for the three months. Uh, Neverlaster, Unholy13, Einvaults, RetroTP, uh, Revive, Cod, Vic Like a Dabooty, Gifted yes. a Sub to Raz, <laughs> Rico Suave, and then, oh yeah, the Avalon May Raid. Thank you. Aquatic Banana, thank you. T-E-S-N. Shayak is here. Shayak, where are you calling from? Uh, Iowa. Iowa, okay. What are you, what, just Iowa? Well, uh, Sioux City, Iowa. It's a okay. small town on the western side, anyway. Okay. You're a little quiet. I don't know if you can get a little closer to your microphone. A little closer? I can get yeah. closer. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, my take was that getting rid of Reaper was the correct call. Oh, okay. We're getting to the Reaper, Reaper stuff. Spicy. I'm waking up. Enough of this. NA sucks. <laughs> Let's talk about NA drama. All right. That's Let's what the show is. Let's talk about NA firing on. a coach. That's now they don't suck. Here we go. Let's talk about the team that hist- was historic and then missed worlds. The memes and the drama. I'm down to talk about C9, actually. I think it's really interesting. Okay. So, so well, let's show Yak. Why do you think that it was a mistake? Oh, wait. You said, said it was good. No, yeah, yeah, good. Say, All right. On. Continue. Uh, uh, so, now we know Travis's opinion. so multiple things uh first one being that really coming from a coaching background myself that if i have a team that's not doing well usually at halftime what do you you get them you know untilted and you can kind of get them back on the right track and this year that didn't happen but also i feel like in the past Reaper has always kind of already had them at a high level and just consistently kept them there. If that makes sense. So, so some people on Twitch chat are confused about whether or not, like the term "fired" is he he was let go. Let's use that term instead because it's a little nicer. But yes, yeah. it, you would be 
I am not surprised that some people are confused because you've got Jack being like, you're always going to be my best friend, pal, on Twitter, <laughs> and like all the players being like, so unfortunate that this happened, and if only this could have been avoided. Like, and you know, you you get the normal like, thank you, Reaper, for everything you've done. So yes, it is kind of the alternate reality dimension where like, yes, he got let go. He was he got put in a trash can and booted to the curb. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> So he's he's not like he was a free agent and his contract came up. Uh he he was let go from the organization. So uh Kelsey, you said you have stuff to talk about with this and you are also oh, I mean coach. just talking about Cena in general. I, okay. I don't really like it's really hard for me to talk about what Reaper does because I have no idea, right? So um but I think it's I guess I was less surprised than other people uh, that it happened. So there's that. I think C9, I wouldn't say that what happened with C9 is an indication that a change has to happen, though. I don't know if this was necessary. I wouldn't say, like, I think people are really quick to associate the Reaper being let go with C9 kind of bombing out just because that was the most recent result, right? And that was the most recent thing. But I, I would guess they're not necessarily like directly correlated because. Obviously, you have people coming out on Twitter and saying, like, this is super disappointing that it happened and everyone, uh, we want to run back the roster and everything like that uh, because we don't necessarily think it's like a systemic or issue. So for me, I don't necessarily think it's fair to jump to the conclusion that the two things are super related. Um, but I do think uh, when you do have something like this happen, the kind of responsibility is to fans and sponsors to indicate that you don't want shit like this to happen again uh, so oh i see you're saying somebody had to pay the price i don't know if that's that's how i would say because again i don't necessarily think that these two things are like correlated i don't think reaper was quote-unquote let go because of the fact that they didn't make worlds but i can also see that being like okay well a change has to occur we don't think it's the players' fault so we're just going to try to make it seem new or exciting for next year. I don't know. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I'll say uh, he's always been interesting. Reaper has been the center of a lot of attention, I guess you say. Not quite like Parth level. Um, I mean, I think most people historically would say greatest coach North America's ever had. True. But I think he's also been, um, you know, pretty criticized as well um, for some of the failures with his drafts in um different stages of either domestic or international play um people have I, th I think a lot of the players that end up leaving that org too don't necessarily they don't go like oh yeah best coach i ever had you know like i think that a lot of times it feels like there's a bit of bad blood i mean some of that's obvious with some of the benching stuff that has occurred under him but i think um you know it's it's not like people like it's always these weird things where when like Sven or whoever's on these these uh shows, you know, there's like always trying to read between the lines, and it's 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 definitely weirder. Uh, yeah, he's never like, ah, oh, yes, it was great. Or these players are never like, it was great working with Reaper. I really wish I had been with him. I was still with them. He was the greatest coach I ever worked with. Right, that's what I'm saying. There's always like a weird air to it. Um, you know, and even when they're being positive, because they are they are still being positive sometimes. I don't want to say like it's all all negative, but like it, it's one of those things where 
there's always been these kind of question marks. I know some some coaches have also like I've talked to some, but they're like, God, he's not even that good. Like people just give him way too much credit. Like in terms of drafting against him, they're like, it's not impossible. It's insane thing that people kind of give him credit for. So he's always been like, I guess just like almost a little bit enigmatic uh, in in the North American scene, despite how we all think he's good. Um, but I also heard that like some of the things that were going on their scrims were you know like they won 33 straight games or whatever it was you know they had that golden guardian say something like that and like i think practice became a struggle a little bit to maintain like focus and they sound like they messed around too much in scrims and some of that stuff uh i think it was sven's interview maybe that he was talking about this or maybe it was niski i can't remember they got too Uh, confident yeah, and they were just like, um, you know, it's it falls on the coaching staff to keep people motivated and focused and all that kind of stuff. And it sounds like that might have been a bit of an issue. Uh, yeah. So a couple things here. One is, I I think a lot of the reason why, like, if you consider that other players didn't like Reaper, maybe when they left, or that was at least the vibe we got. Sorry, because Reaper always gave off the tone of being this guy who it was like his way or the highway, right? Like. This is why I'm so surprised that some people, some fans at least, have been like, oh yeah, TSM Reapered, because Reapered is like the antithesis of the way TSM seems to describe what their coaching situation is. Hysterics looks like he's falling asleep during this LCS conversation, I understand. <laughs> um, I oh, his camera it. froze. That's why. He's yeah. just been staring... Intently. That's the trick. He's like, I, I don't really need to talk. I'm going to turn my camera off. He went he up has- to the bathroom, he got some food. But but like so on one end of the spectrum you have this TSM style that they've they've talked about this year which is like you get the feeling like Parth is there to mediate the coach or the players themselves are really the ones that are making most of the decisions and like maybe Parth helps on the drafting stuff and Parth helps facilitate this and that's that is you know what supposedly what a lot of the LEC coaches do you can go back and watch the Rift Rivals Hotline League where like Doublelift was literally talking to the coaches about the, the LEC coaches about this stuff. And um, on the other, it's always felt like Reapered with this kind of like, oh, you're not playing? Okay, we're going to bench you at the start of the split, um, even though we've been doing really well because you've decided that you're not going to put as much attention into this and like, you know, jokes about the belt and all that stuff. So, um, which which are a little borderline in my opinion anyway. But I, I so it's, it's not surprising to me that players have had this kind of uh, impression of, of him because like, Right. Yeah. Um, and that's and that's why I think the, like the TSM Reaper thing is so funny to me. So I think it's interesting that the perception is that he's very uh, my way or the highway because I would say that most of like the the interviews and content I've seen about him is that he's like actually pretty chill in terms of like letting players play what they think is good, like stuff like that. In terms of roster decisions, I've heard it's very Reaper run, but. Um, everything else, I feel like it's it's not like he's kind of controlling everything that the team does, and all the ideas are his ideas and stuff like that. That's that's never the impression that I've gotten. Again, I don't know the specifics of what he's done, but like for example, Pastry Time did a pretty good piece on Reaper a while back. Um, stuff like where he kind of like was embedded in his coaching. Uh, oh, I actually never saw this. That's a good, so, probably a good a, thing to yeah, go back a while ago. Um, and he talked about how Reaper was like the way that that article made him seem like way more kind of facilitating in the way that he was coaching. So I, I don't know, but uh, yeah, very interesting figure for sure. 
because I do think that, like, again, reading between the lines, no one has super praised him, but how many coaches have players come out and super praised? So hard to say, you know? Uh, yeah, but and, and like the whole benching thing too is something that can mm-hmm. leave a, a bad taste in the player's mouth, even if you can argue it was the right thing. You know, mm-hmm. like C9 getting from 10th to Worlds, and then I think that was the same year they had that Nuts Worlds run. And like, does that same thing happen if they did it a different way, even if it did piss the players off? Like, those are the weird questions you start getting into. Yeah, I think, uh, again, it's because like those things have always have surrounded him for a while, it's hard for me to say that this them failing to make worlds is like the reason why that he was dropped right maybe it was like one of many 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 ones but i don't know really hard to say um i do think cena not making worlds is way more interesting and talking about that conversation than talking about like reaper being removed or that being good for the team just because i've i can't really speak to what he does we don't have too much time to to do that conversation and quite frankly we've had it had it on other episodes sorry to Mm -hmm. to kill that but uh, I don't know. So, so Shayak, you, I guess we never really addressed Shayak's point, which is, <laughs> which is what, like, was it a good idea to, to make this part? I think the problem is it's really difficult because anytime you're talking about coaching, it's the same thing with like coach of the split and all that stuff. It's like, how do you evaluate this? Um, so I don't know. Mark, what do you let yours? What I'm laughing question? at hysterics. It looks good. Yeah, Dude, I'm now the S man. Uh, like, uh... <laughs> trying to fix this camera. So it's like typical. I remember doing shows in China, and stuff like this would always happen. So, good luck. I yeah. lost it two hours. It's, it's not bad. I kind of like the new animation. Is that like with the little white sparkles coming off there? I guess yeah. it's trying to find the video, even though I refresh it. I don't know. Uh, hysterics. You're back. Oh, hey, oh, hang on. Anyway, so do we think? What, does anybody have an opinion on whether or not it was a good thing or a bad thing to remove Reaper? Even though I know we all know the answer is frequently what the audience doesn't want to hear, which is like, how can anyone know other than the players, the GM, and, and stuff? Yeah. Um, Mark is in the Skype chat saying he has a hilarious story he can't share. I don't know why he's saying that to all of us if he can't share it. Because you're like, is it good or bad? And I'm like, well, I have some extra context, but it's like... Can't say anything. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, we whatever. I was trying to tell you that, so I I didn't have to answer. But sorry, sorry to out you. It's just very funny because I don't know why you would say like, how does that help us right now? Mark's like, I I'm telling you, I don't have say. a fucking answer. That's what I was trying to tell you. And then okay, you okay, that was it. not the way it worked. Um, anyway, Mark, do you have an answer on this? No, I don't have an answer. Okay. By the way, we have an emote. We have an emote for this exact situation. Everyone in Twitch chat. Uh, what is it? Hang up. No, it's the, the leaking. Hang up up. on you, um, oh. Kel- Kelsey. Do you have a take? Um, I yeah, I don't really have a take. All right, so. <laughs> All right Eric's caller. Just Eric, please. You you have no political ties to our region. Please just no. say something. Ah, uh, people don't know what coaches do behind the scenes. They could be fantastic. They could be crap. Reaper take took them to worlds for three years in a row. He has a reputation, much like Coma did, and then look how that worked out for him. So let's just hope that Reaper gets a uh, a good second chance. Well, not second chance, you know what I mean. Yeah. Finds his man to a team. Yeah, I, here's what I will say. I think Reaper is really good. I think at one, okay. some point in time they decided that like he wasn't the best situation for where that team was headed. I don't know. Maybe 
people build up animosity over times working at different companies. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe there was, I don't know, any number of different things. Maybe he, it, he just wasn't providing the value. I don't, I don't know, but I do think that Reaper is still good and will continue to be a really good coach in North America. If he decides to, to go somewhere, I'm just worried he's going to end up in like a team where he doesn't get the support that he got on C9 and his reputation will get tarnished, which I think happens. Maybe he comes back overseas. I mean, he was on EDG for a very short stint, so maybe he comes back to North Korea. I won't say anything. Okay, great. This is just the 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 fucking show where people have stories that they don't share. (laughs) There's going to be this is great because now I get to sit through all the comments that are like. This is why I don't watch Hotline League, and I watch other shows, even though evidently they have gotten to like an hour and forty-five minute mark in this episode. I watch other shows because people aren't afraid to say the things that they. Uh, hey, um, you know it really does a good job is if you call more attention to it instead of letting me go to the next caller. Please, everyone, we, like we this YouTube video so that when the dislikes come in from the people who say they don't watch this show but have watched this is the an hour and forty-five minutes time. of it. The beginning with EU. Again, all the with help I can get. Fanatic or TSM. I'm sorry that we don't have a great answer for you. It's difficult whenever we. No, don't hey, I just wanted a discussion. Situation. I appreciate it. Well, hopefully this one was satisfying, even if it, even if it won't be for the inevitable YouTube comments. For sure. uh, any, well, I, anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller? Uh, I mean, when is one of Jack's roster moves not worked out? I mean, uh, evidently this year because they didn't go to work for the first time. <laughs> Thanks enough. so much for the call. Fair enough. Yep. Have a good one. All right. Moving on to the next caller, we got Omniscient here. Omniscient, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm coming from, from. I'm calling from Rhode Island. Rhode Island. What do you want to talk about on this episode? Uh, so I'm going to talk about how uh, only one Western team is going to make it out of groups, and that's going to be uh, one Western team from the group of life. Uh, and so the reason which Western team? Uh, so it's either, so most likely G2. But uh, by sheer luck, uh, maybe TL. Um, yeah. G2, the only team to make it out from the mm-hmm. West, unless something crazy happens in which it'll be TL. Why do you I think feel this? Like I need to do content that's like, this is how NA teams get out of groups because this is depressing. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> uh, so the reason, being, <laughs> the reason being is because uh, Group B. Uh, is obviously um, Damwon and then JDG, like that's doomed. Dude, then yeah. uh, gr- Group D is, uh, oh, what is it called? It's uh, TES top. and DRX. Oh, yeah, top, yeah. yeah. So that one's doomed also. Um, and then for Group C, I think that uh, Gen G and then I think LDG, LDG uh, is going to get out of play ins, which means they have to go grow to Group C. So I think it's going to be Gen G and then LDG. So then uh, Group A is the only one left standing. I think Sooning is going to get first place, which means that second place is going to go to G2 or TL by some miracle. All right. So one thing I definitely want to take it with this call is the more Europe angle. I know we've talked a lot about NA teams, um, but I definitely want to focus a little bit more on on some of these other ones. Well, let's Uh, just get straight into it. Kelsey, Hysterics, (laughs) will only one Western team make it out? How likely? Is that scenario? After you. What? Honestly, um, it's it, it's difficult for me to say because I actually think LGD will make it out of Group C. Uh, they're they're going to win Worlds. How's that possible? You have yeah, to get exactly. out of the group to win Worlds. They'll get out. They'll, they'll, get out. 
today. So that's why I think, it, like, I right now I'm thinking it's going to be a... a little, so, I, I agree with one. I agree with one here. Because, like, it's... But I'm going to tell you, it's not going to be, like, you know, maybe it's only one. It's going to be, like, it's definitely going to be one. There's going to be a Western team second in Group A. So you're going to get G2 or Team Liquid at the very least, right? So we're looking at, like, and again, I don't have high expectations of Marchi even being first seed of PCS, but your Western group is coming out of Group A. That's why I like this take, because Group D and Group B, I agree with, even though FlyQuest might be a higher percentage. Group C was was my substitute group of life, just because these are all kind of, like, middling teams, bar maybe TSM. Uh, due to how Fnatic played finals, due to, you know, and TSM playing finals was good enough. Um, and LGD, you know, they're winning worlds anyway. So I think there's a chance you get two from Group C, but I think Group B and Group D is, is where you kind of cut off. So, so yeah. you one one guaranteed, I'd say. One guaranteed, but you think you think we'll have more than one? I, Just say what's most likely. Is it more likely? Most likely one. Most likely one. Most likely only one. Yeah. I think at least two. Most likely two, at least, is Kelsey. Mm -hmm. At least two. Okay. I, I think I'm a little bit more with Kelsey. I mean, we were talking about how FlyQuest can get out with that 5 to 10% chance and some of that stuff, but I think that applies pretty much just as, as well to... Um, oh, my God, my brain's turning off. I have not slept enough. I think... I'm uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Mads, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I was yeah, going to yeah. say, I, I think the, the arguments that we were using for why FlyQuest can get out of that group apply basically just as well to Mad. Um, you know, if DRX goes out there and lays a turd, I don't think it's like automatically FlyQuest who picks it up. And, I mean, and It doesn't even it. have to be DRX laying a turd, right? Like, I think TRX have a lot of problems. <laughs> They're not like a super solid team, in my opinion. Right. So, uh, it they, they'll just play like DRX plays. I think... Death and Carry is Gabalan. Jovi is obviously really strong, but their top side is pretty. I don't know. They they play like really strange. I think Piosic got advantages in the final that he shouldn't have gotten that were basically smites smite advantages. Um yeah. and yeah, his pathing was really weird. Like the the I don't want to get into the details, but uh I think yeah, so for me, I, I can see, like, Mad or maybe Fly, like, getting out. I, I don't feel super, like, the Group D is really interesting to me, just because I think it's a top esports 6-0 group, and I'm not really confident in any of the other three teams, mm. right, in that group. I so, think it's just dependent on DRX. Uh, I mean, for me, it's uh, like, you're right about the inconsistencies, but if DRX shows up, I think, you know, that's it's like... It's not even no, that they're no inconsistent, I just think that they have a lot of issues and i want to bother with them more because yeah. uh, their draft has been peculiar I can't particularly articulate like their problems i think piosic puts himself in situations where he makes really inefficient decisions so they are not able to succeed unless uh either deft or chovy is in like a really really strong position yeah um and then uh, so i think that that's that's a problem. It's just like uh, the way that they play is not really strong in a jungle centric meta. Um, and then, <laughs> but you can argue that about TES as well. So I don't know, sure. whatever. I think you'd also <laughs> throw some some praise to Shadow. Like he, he can be yeah, a little yeah. streaky, but when Shadow's on, he, he can take over games. Um, yeah. And I think Shadow has like, is a little bit of a Lee Sin one trick sometimes, Look, has like that feel to him. 
Uh, I saw him make, like, he made really weird decisions in some of the games, like, uh, passing down his Bato Snap Cryo, and then, uh, like, going for a level 2 gank that was good, but then revisiting the gank, and then the enemy jungler got super ahead. Um, so I, I don't know, like, Mad seemed to really struggle once their, like, first pick Callista drafts stopped working and stuff like that. So that's why I'm not, like, really, really high on them. Um... And I'm not really high on Flyquest either. So that's why, like, to me, the second seed of Group D is actually kind of an interesting race. So. Mm. Okay. Well. Uh, I'll also quickly throw Fnatic. Uh, we, didn't, we didn't hit on them too much, mm -hmm. but uh, it, they're just so hard to place with how different their playoff run felt to the regular season. Um, but they're another team that, like, historically they do well at Worlds. Reckless feels like a stud and almost always performs. And then they seem to adapt well in week two. Uh, they have strong week twos and have made a number of crazy runs. So, like, I don't think I would count Fnatic completely out of the Group C either, uh, even though, you know, I think I, I'm I'm very confident about Genji. I love Genji. But then the second seed for that one is, is pretty open, and I would put TSM as the lowest percentage and then probably Fnatic, then LGD. But I don't think there's, you know, it's just hard to place Fnatic because it's a wide discrepancy. I don't think... I I don't think LGD get out. Um, oh, how could you? <laughs> so, uh, I think it will be Gen G fanatic is what I'm leaning to now. Now my opinion might change because I do want to like do more of a review of a lot of these teams, but uh, that's that's how I'm feeling now. So I think it'll be at least two. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, caller omniscient. We'll see if you are omniscient. If we only get one team to make it out. <laughs> Uh, it seems like Hysterics is in your camp, and Mark and Kelsey think we'll see at least a couple more. So we will see how it goes. But thanks so much for the mm -hmm. call. Anything you want to say before Thank we move you. on? Uh, yeah. Um, I don't think any uh, Western team is going to make it to semis. I think they're all, especially like if they end up getting, uh, like if the way that what I think plans pans out, I think they're all, I think that like even if one or two Western teams, like say G2 makes it out, I think they're just going to end up facing like a, uh, Damn one, JGG or TS, and just lose that. Yeah. So I don't think any team, any Western team, is making it past uh, 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 quarters, even if they do make it out of groups. And then uh, for shout out, I'd like to shout out uh, uh, LS for getting me into league. So yeah, he he's, he reached out about coming on a future episode, so we'll have him on at some point in time during Worlds. So. Cool. The take makes sense. Cool. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, Omission. Thank you. Call. Thank uh, you. Enjoy. Yeah, Mark. Uh, Really Final quickly. Caller. What? Okay. Huh? Okay. Hang. I'm just gonna start. I'm gonna start our little bounty. Oh, sneaky. So, really quickly, guys. Um, we are starting a Twitch bounty. Uh, for <clears throat> for a, a sponsorship that Twitch offers, or to sleep in a sea of stars which is a new book that is coming out. Mark and I, as you might know, do fantasy uh, novel stuff. So this is actually really cool that Twitch is offering this bounty for this. Um, and so immediately after the show, and it's very helpful if you stick around because the bounty kind of, look, filling back a little bit of it. It pays out based off how many of you guys are, are watching. So um, stick around. We're going to listen to eight minutes of the audiobook and then talk about it afterwards. This is by Christopher Paulini. So um, stick around afterwards. But anyway. Mark, you want to grab the next person? Sure. All right. Uh, and by the way, thank you, Slurp Sloth, Success, Brawler Higa, Re 
Reef, AW, Dr. Manhattan for 34 months at Tier 2. Holy moly. Real Foxy for 34 months at Tier 1. Your boy Graph, uh, MWFs006 and Shadow Cave. Thank you to all of them. Uh, Skips35 is our last caller. Skips, what do you want to talk about on the show? Oh, sorry. Where are you calling from? Yeah, I was going to say, you almost forgot something there. You've been on, you've uh, been on previously, I think, right? Yeah, and I saved your scam train at the beginning of the stream. Yeah, that's you're okay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Where are you calling from? Uh, East Lansing, Michigan. East Lansing, Michigan. What do you want to uh, talk about on the show? Uh, so I want to talk about how a non-LPL team is going to win Worlds this year. Oh, okay. I'm done. Do, do you have a, a region in mind? Uh, no, I just kind of put this in with no thought. <laughs> I was ready to hear some like well-constructed, detailed take about how like LPL teams are easy to expose with X, Y, and Z. And so there's that. That's all right. We'll go. We'll go with it. I wasn't expecting that level, but you know, I, I thought we get some feeling behind it at least. You know, <laughs> just to some, just to tilt hysterics. But I guess this is not going to work. Gibbs, what? Given that you have spent zero time on this, why do you? How would you justify your opinion? Well, it's definitely not LGD. So there's well, that. Okay, so uh, there's three other teams. If you want to continue, right. uh, let's see. Who are the other three? What, if, what do you think? There's a regional issue at all? Nice. Uh, I like the stick. Um, probably not. I don't know. China's pretty uh, good. Okay, not I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna make your argument. Let's go. Okay. All right. So uh, I think TS is really, really easy to abuse the jungle uh, given the current meta. I think like if you basically Karsta paths to uh, Owen that doesn't get prior because he's like terrified that the enemy team is going to dive one of his lanes. So he always like anticipates a 2v2 situation, but if you just invade him early on that side, then I think he ends up being like really, really far behind. And that's a strategy that I would love to see a team do because no one is doing that kind of strategy versus TES and it's driving me insane. Um, and then I think, uh, let's see, Jing Dong Gaming. Uh, everyone talks about how Yagao is like really, really abusable, but he has enough one tricks at this point that I think you don't target mid lane. Um, I think that if you're going to target JD Gaming, you're going to be denying Zoom like some of his really, really strong like blinds, so okay. like GP, uh, or like stuff like that. Um, he's like a what I would call a blind carry. So if you deny like him these kinds of picks, then I think you're in a position where the rest of the map is like easier to deal with. Uh, I think Kanavi doesn't abuse a jungle matchup enough for me to think that he's just going to like run away because again TS versus JDG they never use that and it drives me crazy and that's why I think like uh, that's a problem um Lumao uh roaming I think you should play mid to bot versus JDG yeah. so uh counterpick mid and then like set up so that you can form on bottom so that Lumao can't just leave lane and roam with jungle and then uh, let's see, next team is Suning. Uh, I already talked about what I think their issue is in terms of their flanks well. So basically making sure resets are important, setting up objectives early. Uh, I think this is why JDG does really well against Suning because they're really good at like trading tempo to uh, set up dragons early and then get like flank vision in and collapse on Suning like this. And then uh, finally, LGD. Um, if LGD don't get like a favorable mid jungle 2v2, I just don't think they're a threat. So 
uh, draft for that, maybe counter pick mid uh, on 5P, stuff like that, and then play for that. And um, as long as you know how to play a bot matchup, then you can abuse Kramer for like blinding Israel. Hysterics. Kelsey literally just exposed your entire region. All right. How does it feel? How does it feel to have an, uh, not even an academy coach, just a head of development for LCS just crumble <laughs> all of your world's contenders in front of your own eyes? But my question is, how does, how does like, how do any teams do this? There's four different teams. This is the thing. That's why LPL is so strong this year is because there's four very different play styles. There's very much like lane dominance from top esports we talked about. And I know it ex extends past that, but it's an easy way to start. There's like some of the best, one of the best skirmishing and like um, uh, fucking, sorry, like one of the best junglers on JDG. And then there's uh, a team like Sooning who, sure, like they, they get abused with windows of tempo and especially windows around dragons and like Rift Heralds. But they're a, a team who like through jungle advantage as well as individual skill can kind of take over games. So I don't know. I, I don't think saying a non-LPL team is going to win Worlds is like saying, you know, it's it's not raining today. I know you can't see outside. It's raining in Shanghai. It's, I think it's bullshit. <laughs> so I think the interesting thing about uh, LPL teams is this region doesn't care about the myth of well-roundedness. They just don't care, right? They find something that works for them, and then they drill playing that way over and over and over and yeah. over again. That's why every LPL team ends up being super meta-dependent. Because there are really obvious counter strategies to dismantle like these types of teams, but the chances are you're not as good at executing these counter strategies as they are at executing the strategy that they've been playing all year. And in some cases, like RNG, they're for for years, right? In general, so uh, that's why like that's the issue with teams is it's like I can give you a way that I think uh, would be good against the LPL teams, but unless like the meta is favorable for you, you probably won't execute it as well. Yeah, they will I, I think just tracking LPL junglers like purely if a Western team's going to beat them is like junglers seem to be at the core of it all in most teams. At least like we talk about LGD, like how Castle reacts to his lanes. Like even though you could say that generally about any League of Legends teams, like LPL junglers a lot of the time dictate tempo and dictate you know the pace of the game in the first twenty minutes and how like these teams set up for neutrals. So I, I would I would say like it, it's got to be a case of jungle diff that really takes down LPL teams and kind of gets them disjointed and finds those windows so yeah that's optimism yeah I, I like both your points about just like the d differentiation of the teams um and how like whatever this world's meta ends up being at least one lpl team will be good at that that meta you know like if there's a lot yeah. of soul lane focus like all right ts here you go i mean they can even probably play bot lane just because jack mm -hmm. lives monster too but like you know you have different like is it early game is it late game you know like they're, they're not it's not like the LPL is permafight, brain off, you know, from five or six years ago kind of thing that people kind of always considered them. So, yeah, I think they're they're really hard to knock out on any sort of like, oh, they play this way and that's not going to work. As well as just individual talent, like they're probably going to have the most players on a lot of top lists. Um, you know, Knight and Jackie Love are arguably like, close to one two in the tournament on the same team uh and even then like jackie love you can say like okay is it ruler or him for best bot lane and then you're looking at best mid and best bot lane you know on the same team like how you want to break it down for top that's why i'm leaning for top but 
But yeah, these these issues that Kelsey has highlighted, you still need to be good enough to exploit them, uh, <laughs> and that's that's really hard to do. Um, like, I, I think that's that's the biggest concern. And so I, I'm still leaning towards probably an LPL team because I don't have that much faith outside uh, Demon. Oh, yep. Kelsey did all the work for you. So great job. Yeah, no, she kind of hit all the points I had written down, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why written down? What did you tell us? Yeah, we, we, we pre-planned. Like, I, I, I met up with this guy. What's your name again? Uh, Skip, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Skip. We, we had a pre-show coffee, and uh, he just gave me all his notes. Good. Great, yeah, yep, that's how it works. That would actually be such a funny episode if, if all these different <laughs> analysts just like picked out callers <laughs> and fed them points. And I'm having to, like be like, oh fuck, what the? Kind of defense. Uh, <laughs> anyway, thanks, thanks, Skips. Great uh, contribution. Really appreciate it. Anything you want to <laughs> shout out before we close out the show? Uh, yeah, uh, my friend Mitch. He said he wanted to be uh, shout out. So there's that. There you go, Mitch. Uh, and Twitch Prime. Great, thank you. Hey, I, I, you, I was gonna tease you until you said the Twitch Prime thing. So I, I really appreciate that, and I, I do agree. <laughs> I it's actually it. called. It's, I think it's just called Prime Gaming now. They, they oh, uh, yeah. Sorry, Prime. Any Prime, Prime Gaming. Prime gamers well, in the I... chat. Thanks, Gibbs. Appreciate the call. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. All right, that closes out the show. We're gonna do some uh, quick shoutouts. Hysterics. Where can people find you? What do you want to plug? What's going on? Um, I guess Twitter. Because Twitter has everything else. Uh, I Twitch stream as well. A lot of the time talking about LPL or showing how fun Chinese solo queue is. Because everyone fights and invades at level 1 every single game. So a lot of shit happens there. But yeah, um, hopefully LPL next year is the main place where people can find me. Uh, back here in, in Shanghai. What in, is your Twitter? Spring. What's your Twitch? At uh, Hysterixcast for both. Uh, what What's on the screen that you've nicely put above my little window. Sure. That's uh, for both. Kelsey? Thank you. Uh, yeah, Twitter. Um, right now, I will shout out 100 Thieves because oh. hooray. She said right now. Right just now. Just a hint I mean, about what long. free agency might be bringing to uh, as her contract is expiring with the organization. Who knows? Who knows? What could happen? Are you doing anything uh, for Worlds, Kelsey? I would like to. I'm probably going to do some content, uh, but I'm just kind of trying to decide specifically what I want to do because I don't want to do like kind of the same stuff. I'm probably going to do more videos again. Um, yep. So th that'll probably, some of that stuff will probably come out before the games begin in next week, I guess. So, yeah. Well, awesome. uh, looking forward to seeing that. And Kelsey, if you want to feed me any questions about any of these, these other regions, whenever I'm yeah. going to do interviews, you've done that in the past when we work together. So feel free to keep doing it now that we don't. <laughs> Sounds good. Mark. What do you got? Um uh they announced the uh NA is mo there's some casting going on. I don't cast, so obviously I won't be casting worlds. Uh so you can catch me after a lot of the days. Uh we'll have like an hour post show, I think. And that'll be in North America. Um, oh, nice. so I'll be on on that um still be doing the dive i think we're planning on doing you know roughly one every stage so you can don't worry i'm not gonna only make this shitty podcast with travis we'll still make the, my good content uh with riot so fear not yeah hey, cats. that good content where they will take calls pre-screened they won't do the show live 
It's uh, all. Yeah, it's, you get it's all the... the coward show. I believe is what <laughs> we, we call that. I mean, who else will? How you know on the dive? No one's going to call in, make a point, and say I actually haven't thought about it at all. Yeah, exactly. How boring and mundane uh, is your show? Where you can, if you tune in early enough, Freak might have an epileptic seizure ready for you to watch. <laughs> anyway, what? <laughs> uh, I've got something to shout out. Uh, we, Mark, and I posted the the next video of our ser- our review of the Cosmere. Wait, I don't think I can. T- wait, they're both Macmillan, I think. And this and this book is. Uh, you know what? We're gonna pause this really quickly because I don't know if this is a competitor to the bounty that we're doing at the moment, but. There's something on the book channel. Go check it out. Uh, anyway, we're got, we have another episode of Run It coming out. I did a video highlighting all the free agents that are coming that are going to be unless they resign available on the LCS. That's banging right now on the YouTube channel. Kelsey being one of the, the names on that list. Uh, we've got another episode of Run It, which will be focused on NA as a region compared to some of these other uh, regions statistically. And then uh, I have an interview with Wendy that went up. Uh, on the channel, it's an LPL so, host in an interview. We talked about her at the start of the show, so go check all that content out. We got some some world stuff going. Uh, other than that, that's been Hotline League. Thank you to Kelsey and Hysterics for coming on, and Mark for, for me. existing. And uh, this has been Hotline League episode one forty. <laughs>